Be the right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the No Laying Up podcast brought to you by our friend Ludwig Aberg uh, Ober. Still don't know how to say it. Sally here. TC is here to celebrate. What up, TC? Hello. Hello. Good to be here. TC uh, w- w- would have taken the night off. He's not feeling great, but I believe he has some things he wants to talk about tonight. Uh, DJ Pie is here. Hello, Pie Man. Hello. Happy to be uh, the Scotty Pippen to TC's Michael Jordan in this flu game that we're about to witness. Uh, this episode is actually brought to you by our friends at Titleist, the number one ball in golf, and the choice, of course, of RSM Classic champ Ludwig. Uh, I'm just going to not say ever say his last name. I mean, that's going to be my new policy. I'm just going to just say commit to one. Ludwig. Just be confident. Just do the wrong Aber. one. Just stay on the wrong one forever. Yeah, Aubert, how about that? That's probably actually closer to than uh, than the, than the correct one. Uh, and the winner of the LPGA season finale, Amy Yang. I want to give a shout out to our friends at Titleist. They had uh, me out back in June on, I think, the hottest day ever recorded. It was 107, felt like 116 uh, that they had there in their TrackMan data to do some ball testing with Jordan Spieth and uh, and Scotty Scheffler. You guys heard the podcast we did with them on that day back in June. But uh, they also produced a video where they, these guys just went around, hit some wedges, hit some seven irons, hit some drivers with different golf balls, talked all about spin and carry and all of the characteristics of golf ball uh, of a golf ball that they're looking for um kind of i loved playing the game you, you've done that with some of the guys dj after they hit a ball guessing what some of their trackman numbers would say it was actually kind of crazy to see what they could come up with crazy also to see how much they could just shift like the ball didn't matter that much to them like oh this is a lower spin ball okay i'll spin it more like manually we'll just to get the right spin number but it was sick it was great to spend some time with them it was a, it was a lengthy video uh and, and people seem to be into it so check that out on Titleist. Uh, homepage, just search for Jordan Speed, Scotty Scheffler, ball fitting, ball testing, something along those lines. So shout out to them for that. It was a lot of fun. I love it. Ball no ball guys, we're uh we're gonna run through. We've got a lot, a lot, lot, lot to talk about tonight. I can't believe it. It is November 19th and we have this many things on the agenda, but fun we're gonna week. Uh, it was a very fun week. We're gonna throw I'm gonna throw out nominees for story of the week. TC, I'm gonna let you pick where we go first. Okay. Here, here are your nominees. Okay. Ludwig Aberg, I'm just going to say Aberg. Ludwig Aberg goes 61-61 to win at Sea Island. Rory McIlroy leaves the PGA Tour board. NBC declines to renew Paul Azinger's contract. Amy Yang wins the $2 million uh, CME Tour Championship. Rory wins fifth his fifth race to Dubai. Nikolai Hoygaard wins the DP World Tour Championship. Uh, something called the Netflix Cup takes place. Uh, the dome that was supposed to host TGL in January collapses. Uh, and Blandy gets a Supermax extension with the cliques as free agency <laughs> season opens up in Live Golf. TC, where do you want to take us first? You know what? Uh, I'm going to I'm gonna pull an upset here. We're going off the board. <laughs> I didn't even think about this as uh, an option. You could just keep drawing it out if we do this. <laughs> My friend, uh, my friend Sean Martin this week. <laughs> oh, you're, he, oh, there's a write-in candidate. <laughs> yeah, this is a write-in candidate. Uh, you know, Sean. Sean was up in in St. Simons covering the the RSM Classic. Uh, went out of his way to go to Starbucks over and over and over again. He wrote it into his his gamer story on PJTour.com. 
He had a viral tweet about going to Starbucks this week. <laughs> Nobody hates small businesses more than Sean Martin. You, you, so I just wanted to get that out there to lead things. Promo off. code Cal Poly next time you're in Starbucks for for five percent <laughs> off. I'm gonna have to stick up for Mr. Martin. Uh, he he does he does say not a lot of stuff is open either early or late on Sea Island, and his his claim is that the coffee shop, the other small business coffee shops, do not open early enough, and Starbucks does. He's an early riser, so. Which is ironic because that one's named Wake Up. It's the name of the coffee shop. That's true. Well, that's a clear number one story of the week, TC. What's number two? Number two is Ludwig. I mean, it's uh, 61-61. That's that's uncharted territory. Like, I think Mackenzie Hughes shot 63-61. Or, or, sorry, 60-63. Uh, and lost by four. Uh, he he, he lost jarring. ground on the weekend shooting 60-63. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it, it you know it, it's amazing. There's nothing else I need to say about Ludwig. Like, you know, we're we're kind of entering a phase where I think we're gonna have, what do you call it when uh, you know people can do their penance or or do their, uh, you know, like uh, not like recidivism, but what's the what's the word? Uh, amnesty. Oh, okay. It's Ludwig amnesty <laughs> okay. for the rest of the year. People can. <laughs> Can get on the boat. They can get on I'm the not bus. Not fall for this. Uh, we we had a Ludwig treaty this summer that you violated, so I don't trust that. Uh... Sully, I'm not okay. talking about you. No, it's saying... crazy that you're projecting like that. Uh, <laughs> can I? I'm talking about everybody else. All the other haters. Can I? There. This is an unscheduled game. I, I I'm I'm back and forth on this with Ludwig. I I can't figure out who he is, what he is, like in terms of how big the ceiling is. Uh, he's really old, as we've established, I think, throughout sure. the course of this year. I think so that's it's... why he thrived at Sea Island. Exactly, with all the Very other olds there. there. Yeah, probably all ride his bike to the course with his flip-flops on. All the restaurants <laughs> closing early out there. I, I, can I just, like, go down the list of, like, the top strokes gain? Ignoring strokes gain on this, but I'm just going to say, like, because Ludwig doesn't have enough data to show what he is yet. But, like, is he better than this guy? And I'm not saying, like, hey, yeah, does he project oh, yeah. better than, like, this guy? And I, I want to. I don't know where I would slot him in. I know where I don't know where TC is going to slot him in. But I think it, it gets pretty interesting quickly. Like, all right, is Ludwig a better golfer? Again, I don't mean right now, but is he a better golfer than Victor Hovland? Such uh, a tricky time of the of you know they but they both win tournaments at yeah they they kind of both win tournaments at resort destinations. Hovland at Mayakoba and Puerto Rico and Ludwig at, at Kron and, and Hovland shelved like he shelved that this year. He won BMW. He won the Tour Championship. Almost won a major. That's a good comp. It, it's a really good comp. That's but he hasn't fun. played a fucking like a major yet, right? It's 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 really hard to project. It uh it, it's kind of he, like a, a Japanese pitcher. Yeah, fourteen events as a professional. Yeah, fourteen like events it, as a professional. He won two of them, and he lost in a playoff in one of the other ones. Yet at some point this year, people were calling him Mulevig. <laughs> I think literally one person <laughs> probably did as a joke, and it's a chip you're gonna wear for quite some time. Is he a better golfer than Scotty Scheffler? Okay. Uh, I, mean, I, yeah. I want to see where you know, the cutoff maybe, is. Maybe, maybe long term. Like I, I, I don't think we can fully say is he potentially. Yeah, like he could be. The right now, I think the eye test says he's. I think he's probably better than Adam Scott. So, like, if we skip down the list, is he better than Max Homa? Is like, is he better at golf than Max? I think what's interesting about a lot of these guys is like the the differentiator what puts them so high up on a lot of the strokes gain stuff is their iron play right and I, I think max scotty victor are all 
in that camp. I think if TC would probably even concede if there is a weakness in Ludwig's game, it's it's probably been that the iron play has been a little less sharp than, you know, yeah, the wedge play, everything good. else. So it's like, you know, how much of that is kind of they are who we thought they were. And, you know, maybe that gets a little better over the stretch. But like if you look, go back and look at I, I was thinking to myself, like Scotty feels like the natural comp. I don't really know why, but he did for a start. And I'm going back looking at Scotty's old strokes gain stuff. And they started out like in 2019 when when Scotty's I guess that was his rookie year on tour. They're kind of like uh, whatever you call it, like strokes gained distribution sheet, like what they gain off the tee, what they gain with their irons, et cetera. Like looks pretty similar to Ludwig's. And I'm like, oh, maybe there's like a similar path here. But Scotty's iron play has just gotten like eight times better since then. And I don't like projecting that out for somebody else feels like it's like projecting like two perfect storms. You know what I mean? So I don't know that that's going to happen, which is where I'm like, I think like Hovland feels like a really good comp right now until we see like that really huge jump. Hovland That's a long way of away. not answering yeah. the mask. The mask no, goes. it is. It's but it's it's such a weird profile, right? I think just the question becomes: Does he become a really good iron player or putter? Right, like one of probably one of the two, and he is a top ten player in the world. He is a top twenty five player in the world just based on how he drives it. Like he drives it so well, it's hard to screw it up. Like he's just gonna he's gonna top twenty five tournaments to death. And to win a lot, you're gonna have to have. He had an amazing putting week. He was fourth this week in putting. He was also 14th in strokes game approaching the green this week. Like if the way he drives, it, he's going to win every single tournament he plays if he puts up numbers like that. So, yeah. uh, if he can consistently perform really well in one of those categories, I think we're going to see a, a very, very, very elite player. But I, I struggle to come up with like a comp for him because of what you said. Just the iron play just does not check out yet. But solid counterpoint. He shot 61 on Saturday and he was 40th in putting. He barely, he barely gained any strength. But he, he so I think did it, approaching the green. Like that's what I'm saying. One of the two. Yeah, he totally. Does, if he does one of them. I think he's. I think he's. I think he's a much better iron and wedge player than he's shown thus far in his pro career. I think that's something where. That's the other thing. Like the sample I mean, size. It's been 14 events. How much time strong. we're gonna give him? You know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the guy hasn't played a major yet, and I feel like his. I feel like his. His. Uh, like he's played in a Ryder Cup. He's won. He's he's won events on DP World Tour and the PGA Tour. Granted, it was a mule event, and he's like he, he hasn't played in a major yet as an amateur or a professional. I feel like he's he's he, like his game's tailor made for Augusta, right? I mean, I would I would say even more like PGA U.S. Open style, right? Like just drive it down there farther and straighter than everybody else and figure it out. See, to me, I and the, uh, uh, this could be famous last words. To me, he seems like he's ready to print like a hundred million dollars playing like PGA Tour golf, just the, the way he drives it and. If the precision isn't there with irons, when the slopes get a little more dramatic at tournament at at majors and it gets a little bit firmer, like it's just a different. It's PGA Tour golf and major championship golf are totally different. And he's got to be a much better iron player to be competitive in those. So, uh, I don't know. I think you're drastically underrating his his ceiling. On well, that I haven't stuff, seen. I, that's like I don't. I, it's ceiling could yeah. sure. That's that's unproven to this point though. I think and it's. The, I'm reacting to what we've seen so far. We've seen the driver that's going to play everywhere. I still think like. Augusta is still a second shot golf course, as cliche as that is, and a lot of uneven lies and a lot of shots that a lot of knowledge required to it. I I, I would not say his game is tailor made for Augusta. That doesn't jump off the page to me. It seems tailor made though for a shitload of PGA Tour tracks. Yeah, like I would I would push back and say Kron didn't seem like it was tailor made for his game with the you know some of the uneven iron shots and all that stuff or the way he played it. 
you know, at Bay Hill, for instance, like that's a tough setup or, you know, some of it, like his best collegiate performances were in heavy wind in, you know, kind of crazy conditions. I feel like he's a gamer, he's a mutter and, and like his approach play has been above tour average, you know, really like thus far. And I feel like you get him a little bit more experience and he's only going to get better and better and better. I think we're just seeing a glimpse of what he is. I think that's like the most exciting thing going forward, right? It's like we can, I, I'm happy to sit here and make all kinds of like silly, stupid predictions. Truly no idea though. Like I, I cannot wait. Like we have a full year next year of him playing, you know, all these like a lot more BDEs TC. We're going to see him in majors for the first time. We're going to see how the hype stacks up. It's like there, there's, we're going to get into plenty of this, but there's so much bad shit about pro golf right now <laughs> just like so yeah. much and i think this is tip 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 top of the list of like things that i'm just cannot wait to watch in 2024 maybe the only thing to be honest is just like well at least we get ludwig like that that's that's gonna be cool at least we get to watch that um the the, the i believe the tweet you're referring to from sean martin uh said he said a real conversation between two tour winners at starbucks this morning player one there is no world where we'd be able to beat ludwig on a consistent basis player two i didn't really know who he was after playing six holes with him i thought he was the next fucking tiger woods um which is you know a you sound like mules B, <laughs> uh B, I like I don't want to compare anybody to Tiger. That's irresponsible. Thank you, TC. Unless, That's reckless. Unless it was Tiger making the comparison, we don't know. It was an unnamed tour winner. <laughs> he might have drove I it up from PB. maybe privacy yeah. was was docked up there in Brunswick. Uh, he also said, "Just saw a five-year-old shout, do it for TC.'" As Ludwig walked off the seventh green, he politely obliged and fist bumped the young lad. Ludwig is a true class act. You have to feel for him, though. No matter what he does, he can't escape the shadow of a cantankerous podcaster. Which that's we didn't talk about. Oh, I, I know we're yeah. going to get to Fleetwood probably later, but you know, is the is it going to be heavy lies? You know, TC's crown is this is this albatross going to hang around his neck for the rest of his his career? You know, you got to think about that. Maybe that puts too. No, much I think he's on. already vanquished it. Right, it's already like he's he's totally shown that he can live up to the the monikers. You know, the the platitudes that we place upon him, and now it's it's. Like he's, he's home free. So I don't know. I think in all seriousness, like he's, he's as good, like he's better than you could have anticipated that he is. And I can't like DJ, like you said, I can't wait to see what he does. And he's just, he plays fast too. That's the other thing. Just watch him down the stretch today. Like it seemed like Mackenzie Hughes was slow playing him and he was playing so fast and so under control and just like, there's, there's nowhere the ball's going to go other than. <laughs> 10 yards offline Max. We, we've poked a lot of fun at smarten early on here but his game story was really good you should go read it on pjtour.com yeah. but a lot of the i loved a lot of the stuff he had in there early about like there's no idiosyncrasies in his golf swing it basically looks like an ai a generated he's a golf terminator swing. and it's just it's that same like way that he plays he just like see the target hit the ball like there is no doesn't seem like there's any doubt and that could be the whole you know podrick harrington like that stuff creeps in eventually type of quote, but God, we're in a very, very, very fun spot. Couple, couple numbers for you guys. Uh, 14 events as a pro. We've mentioned this. He is now up to number 32 in the world. 14 <laughs> starts as a pro. He is number 32 in the world, which is fucking... Yeah, but that'd be like 132 in the live guys. Though. Yeah, true, true, true. Which, which, Solly, I do push back a little bit on like, he's a top 25 guy. Like, yeah, he's a, he's a, he's a top 
40 guy right now with 14 events under his belt. Like, I feel like he's going to be inside the top 10 within the next 12 to 18 We have to months. push back. I said he's already a top 25 player. Like, I'm asking if 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 he is a top No, but you player. said if he's going to make the leap, and I feel like he's already, like, I feel like he's already well on his way to making that leap to a top 10 player, I think. Agree. Okay. I, yeah, I don't disagree with that at all. I, I don't know if he's, so I'm trying to figure out if he's like Rom. Right, like, is that is that what we're watching? Um, that's who he like reminds me. Like, he looks like a fucking bully really out there. That comp up, yeah. I mean, yeah. Rom again, better iron player, even at uh, you know, uh, at this age and at at a younger age. Uh, I we <laughs> joked about Ludwig's age, but like, he is twenty four. Like, it's not like a he's not twenty one. He's not like a, uh, it's not a Matt Wolf guy who still should be in college, right? So, see, I I don't know. It's like sometimes I push back on that. Like, I hate it in the NBA draft when they're like, yeah, this guy is like. 18 and two months versus you know this guy's 19 and seven months clearly this guy's got a higher ceiling like we're and, it, and it's funny too like we talk about guys in the past tense like you guys talk about tommy fleetwood tommy's 32 you know who's 33 max sure. and 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 you guys talk about max like he's got his whole career ahead of him and tommy like you know what we might as well stick a fork in him he's done and that, it's like this might be a straw years, man i don't eight know years <laughs> Eight People are wearing hoodies on golf big. courses too. Everyone's getting mad. Until <laughs> he gets to 32, even. You know? Oh, TC. All right, go ahead and dig that clip. Spend the week digging up that clip where we said stick a fork and Tommy, he's done. Yeah, I don't and, think it has anything oh, to do with so age. Old. I don't think it has anything so to do with his age, TC. That's 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 not where that take is coming from. Uh, uh couple couple of things. Maybe something, maybe nothing. I know he's playing a lot of mule events. He's playing a lot of, you know. Minneapolis and Detroit and things of that nature. He's not playing any majors. Uh, Ludwig's scoring average over the 50 rounds he's played on the PJ Tour. Did you guys see this? 68.32 or 68.32. Exactly. That was a really good guess. Uh, 0.3 better than Scotty's tour leading number for the season, which again, I know he's playing very different events, but uh, sporty. It's better than a higher number, certainly. Uh, and also, we should have like said this up front literally tied the pj tour scoring record this week <laughs> like imagine if we had you know i flash back to that rv frequently and just like <laughs> imagine if you could time travel in and just tell these guys like one bit of information just like hey i know you guys think tc's crazy what if i told you in two years ludwig's literally gonna have the pj tour scoring <laughs> record i think uh you know i think i think we would have some pretty good looks on the faces uh what do you Which, think is like i guess on its uh, like like on its head it feels you know, it's like, oh my God, like how did, like, it's a par 70. And I know this is just like, you know, total strokes. It's not in relation to par or whatever, but like, that's like, like the greens are so, they're so pure up there. Sally and I put up there Monday and greens are so pure. You can make putts, not a whole lot of trouble for guys, you know, off the it's worth noting all in and, hand this week, just for yeah. the record. It's yeah, yeah, totally. And, and it's, you know, and it's not, it's not long and, and, but I do think it's interesting where he, like he's played. He's won in the mountains in Switzerland. He's won now, uh, you know, by the sea. Our, our guy Nosferatu uh, tweeted this. I would I would point out he's won in the desert as a collegiate. So you know he, he just needs to go down one in the rainforest. Mm. He's you know prairie. perhaps in the foothills. He's one of the prairie exactly. in college. He's gonna win in like that 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 drawing that's everywhere that shows like the lagoon, the the plateau. <laughs> he's gonna win in all of those. Might, of the course he might of be career. Captain Planet. <laughs> Can I uh, can I give you a fun little uh, nugget I just discovered here? Uh, what do you think Ludwig's Masters odds are right now as we sit here on the oh on the God. DraftKings Sportsbook? Uh, oh, that's a great question. I'm fifty to one. That was going to be my guess. 
30 to 1. Come on. Better than Tony Finau, Max Homa, Justin Thomas, Cameron Young, Bryce Nishambo, Will Zalatoris, Ricky Fowler, Sung J.M., Matt Fitzpatrick, Joaquin Neiman, Jason Day, Hideki Matsuyama, Wyndham Clark, Tom Kim, Wyndham Shane Clark Lowry, the US Open Amber, Tommy Fleetwood, <laughs> Justin Rose. Better odds than all of them. He is 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12th guy on the board in odds. They People think, know the they electrons. Think he's the 12th best they're they're going to vote with their wallets. So, that's interesting. Be, uh, um, we mentioned Mackenzie Hughes finished runner-up. Tyler Duncan T three. I want to give a shout out to uh, Eric Cole on in for this first album, a debut album. So <laughs> many chart-topping singles off this album. So many great finishes this week. The country music sensation T uh, three finished probably got rookie of the year snatched away from him this week. Uh, with Ludwig's win, which is so uh, sick. but an outrageous yeah. rookie year. He played like 78 times and, uh, he, that's a long tour. Yeah, is a long tour. <laughs> that's and the only he, way they make money these days. TC, they got to get out on the road, Spotify. <laughs> we don't have to get into it, but it's a mess. Um, an awesome, awesome season for him. And he will be the poster child for like, all right, just like for the mules, which I believe we'll talk about the mule uprising here coming soon. But, uh, dude, just do what Eric Cole did. It's possible. Like that dude came in with absolutely nothing. Thirty-seven, this year. Of 37, 37 events. events and what seven top tens? Pretty it's pretty solid. Solly, I'm glad you mentioned rookie of the year. Uh I think Ludwig is probably going to lock that up. I, I put together I didn't want to tell you guys about it because you would have researched it. Very, very quickly. I want to quiz you guys. Can you name the last twenty years worth of rookie of the years? Oh just, god, no. Just to see how it goes. I'll give you a little I'll give you a little hint on each one. Do you okay. literally remember last year? 2021-2022 season, who won Rookie of the Year? Absolutely not. Uh, Come on. He finished uh, finished second at the Open, T3 at the okay, PGA. Tom Kim. Good job, my boy. Uh, no, Cameron Young. What? Oh, shit. <laughs> he, finished, he, he did finish second at the Open. Oh, that was this year. That's that right. was this year. Okay, 2020-2021. Eight top tens, 25 events. He was a runner-up at the Masters. Will Zalatoris. Will Zalatoris. Zalatoris. 19-20. Uh, fifth in the FedEx Cup as a rookie, T four at the PGA. Already talked about him on this here podcast. Cameron Young. No, Cameron Young. Remember, he was. He cannot win it year. twice. <laughs> By definition, can't win it twice. Uh, Victor TC Hall. never should have invented him. Oh, Scotty Show. Okay, 2018, 2019. Guy played 800 events, seven top tens. Sung J M. Sung JM, that's right. Can you just say the final year? You get me confused when you start with the 28. Just say 2019. Yeah. That's okay. That's, that's this year. this year ended in 2018. Okay. Uh he was a winner at the Byron Nelson. Jason Aaron Day. Wise. 17. He won twice as a rookie. Justin Thomas. No. He won the Greenbrier. He also won the Tour Joaquin Neiman. Tour Oh, Xander. Xander. 16. Yeah. One in his first start. You believe that? Surely you'll remember that. First start? It was the Fries.com Open. He only had two other top tens. We're going to start to get into some bleak territory. The Rookie of the Year might not be that prestigious of an award. Cam Champ? Emiliano Grio. Oh. 15. Maybe the biggest forgotten man in, on the PJ Tour right now. Uh, he Robert Gomez. No, he didn't have a win. He he. he. He did well, win a that, that is year. true. Yeah, I don't, <laughs> it feels like immaculate grid. Uh, he wasn't that good. Two lost in a playoff. <laughs> that was the highlight. Second in BMW. Daniel Berger, uh, fourteen, won the Puerto Rico Open. Tony Finau. Come on, TC. 
Victor, Victor, oh, your boy. 2014. <laughs> it was like, do you understand the year concept of this? Robert Comets and Victor Hobbs. He's sick. He might be on cold meds right now. Chesson Hadley. Steroids. Uh, all right. The wraparound season is, God, this is making me feel is done. 2013. Come on, guys. This is this one's pretty easy. I, I really think Speed. You're this one. Jordan Speed. 2012. I don't think you're going to get only PJ Tour win of his career. Won in a playoff at Mayakoba. The question mark. John Ha. Uh, John Ha. 2011 is easy. None, none, like, none of these are easy. 2011 is easy. 2011 is easy. Come on. One twice. One of them was a major. Duffner? Oh, Keegan Has Bradley. Keegan Bradley. Keegan Bradley. Bradley. Yeah. Uh, 2010. Guy loves dirt bikes. Ricky. <laughs> Rick. 2009. Runner up at the BMW Championship, attended by a young DJ Pie. Oh. Uh, uh leash at slog hill uh leash. there's no fucking way you're gonna get this one 2008 maybe tc gets it i it was so hard to find his player page on pjtour.com you can't even search for his name without like changing a bunch of settings it won't even pop up one career win he won the zurich i feel like tc and randy talk about him an inordinate amount it's from argentina andres romero oh <laughs> yeah yeah just romero yeah uh 07 brand Snedek. why can't you search i don't, I don't know it what's, just won't show up on? it's crazy uh 07 brand snedeker now gonna draw that one out 06 won the cialis western open in front of dj piehowski again uh nothing kenny perry trevor immelman oh uh really nasty season eight top tens and 24 starts that's take that eric cole uh 05 sean o'hare 04 this is a good one uh this player page literally doesn't exist on pjtour.com. Even when you change all the settings, there truly can't find it. Uh, he, he didn't go to live or anything. Did not go to live that I know of. Uh, he's from Galesburg, Illinois. He uh, turned pro in 1987, and he won David PGA Goss. Tour Rookie no, of the Year no. in 2004. Bart Bryant. Huge Whoa. in Japan. Jumbo Ozaki. Won a major in 04. Todd Hamilton. Todd Hamilton. Wow. And wow. 03, I think you can get one a major. He had one top 10. It was a major. Mike Weir. Benjamin Curtis. Oh. That is your last 20 years of Rookie of the Year. Congratulations, Ludwig. That's what you, you had to look forward to. Thank you for that, DJ. So I feel like Eric Cole had it locked up until this week. Like, because it, like, you know, people were trying to make that a thing. And it was like, no, like, Eric Cole's clearly had a better season. Just longer. Just had, like, yeah. All of a yeah. sudden, Ludwig gets the win. Yeah. And it's, snatched um the next 10 the uh those that are in the first two designated events that is going to be mckenzie hughes bo hostler ludwig ben griffin taylor montgomery remember him uh matt kuchar back nick hardy jj respawn sam Ryder, and luke list you sold um, all your montgomery stock me and tc held we were long on montgomery yeah. we knew that was coming back around Total. I mean, it's it, he didn't really come back around. He just held on for dear life. But we're poised uh, for a how about big Q one of twenty twenty four. Kucher kind of kind of punching back. Sure, Kucher had a nice you know, year, man. You know, kind of. I know. I know. It's weird. And then uh, you know, Hardy. I think I'm I'm buying a lot of Hardy stock for for twenty twenty four. The Hardy boys. 
um, I think you're gonna have to disclose that if you buy any more Nick Hardy shock. If you get a more than five percent uh, ownership, I think you need to disclose that. But uh, I want to give a shout out to our friends at Roback Active Wear. We are deep into fall, quickly approaching the holiday season. Roback is ready, fresh off new restocks of our favorite polos, hoodies, and Q-zips. Trust us, there isn't better respond for the <laughs> for the remainder of fall golf. The fit, the feel, the quality—it is all perfect. Roback just released a brand new performance cruise. Uh, they are so soft and so comfortable. Allegedly, TC had one on the other day, and he was absolutely stunting on people up at uh, Sea Island on Monday. But um, dude, our guy, our guy Drew had the pants on the other day. The five pocket pants—they looked outstanding. I need to get my hands on one of these. I know, me too. Breathable, lightweight fabric on the performance cruise—a perfect stretch. They're great for the course or a night out. Don't need to say anything more about the hoodies. We've covered the hoodies like we've covered Ludwig. All right, the almost the only hoodies we wear. The fabric is fantastic; cannot take it off. Uh, and now you can pair them up with the Roback Five Pocket Pant. Uh, and now that it is the holiday season, you can load up on Roback both for yourself and for others. Code NLU Roback.com. Generous twenty percent off your first order through the end of this week. That's R H O B A C K dot com. 20% off bottoms, Q-zips, hoodies, and more with code NLU. Get ready for the holiday season with Roback. Uh, you guys want to keep on with PGA Tour stuff, or you want to cut, do uh, DP World Tour? I feel like let's let's get the the uh, competitive golf out of the way, and then we'll okay. Then we'll circle. Back. Uh, Nikolai Hoygaard uh, wins the DP World Tour Championship by two after birding five of his final six holes. Shot a final round 64, including a 31 on the back nine with a bogey and a three putt par on the. I think he putted from the French on uh, on 18. He should have got. He should have made birdie on 18 as well. So he could have shut 29 on the back nine very easily uh, to to win. Uh, he finishes second in the DP World Tour Championship because Rory won before he had shown up, uh, which is uh, Rory's fifth DP World Tour Championship. Um, Rasmus Hoy by. I think the Race tournament's the DP World Tour Championship. Whatever. He, allegedly yeah. <laughs> listen if it wraps up the the you sure. know before it's played you can't expect me to have the name right i'm not going to apologize for that and they stole the best 10 players for you know the the, the 10 players that didn't already have pga the, the next status the next <laughs> the next the next 10. next 10 uh yeah the pga tour cards were earned by adrian moronk ryan fox victor perez tour bjorn olsen alexander bjork uh, Sammy Valamaki, TC's guy, uh, Robert McIntyre, Jorge Campillo, Rio, uh, Hissa, 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 soon. I don't know how to say his name. I, I think that uh, was right. And Matthew Pavon, <laughs> 85 stutters on hits a shoot, hits a shoot. That's right. TC, are, uh, you getting, are, are we getting tired of winning at this point? Uh, you know, I, I mean, realize, like, wait, this is the agenda. I feel like, I know this is, you can't like, celebrate this as a win for TC. He's got, no, to I, I feel like, good. I mean, well, we got to talk about that. Those Hoy we got to talk about that, but the Hoygards, yeah. Foxy, Valamaki. I mean, this is like the, like, you know, I love together, like, a Valimaki. super group of all of his dudes today. Sammy Valamaki was, he was racing at the Vegas F1 race, uh, you know, and then he, <laughs> and then he went back over to Dubai. Uh, you know, it's, it's time for Rasmus to, to shit or get off the pot. You know, Nikolai's forgotten Hoygard. asserting himself. Yeah. We need, we need Rasmus to kind of, re-engage here uh yeah you know even my guy jorge campillo you know love seeing foxy get his tour card it'll be really interesting to see which of these guys actually take advantage of this yeah. and who who stays over there um, i don't have a lot on the dp world tour stuff i think it's uh only thing i had was like some of the Ryder cup culture stuff carrying over i know maybe that's just confirmation bias or you know it's 
now viewing it through that lens, but like seeing Rom out there, seeing Rory out there, seeing how close those guys like seemingly have remained. I don't know that they were super close to Nikolai Hoygaard before the Ryder Cup. And I think it just speaks to a lot of the culture stuff that we've we've probably talked about in the past. And the DP World Tour, like just the way they package everything up. Oh, the, that video was so especially of, of all the guys juggling the juggling the balls on the wedge. It was great. Oh, oh well that yeah, that and then big and then uh big game Bob uh you know hitting it off the driver at the end. But yeah, just like I would say even after Nikolai yeah. won, just all those guys coming up to him and those like them just bullshitting after just seeing real human conversations <laughs> instead of these, you know, robots. Uh, listen, are you guys going to shit on Fleetwood or not? Wait for you to address it, TC. Why, why do you wait for us to I'm, shit on him? I'm going to be honest. I didn't watch it. What happened? What happened? It's not good. He just, yeah, he, he would just didn't, he just didn't have it on the back. <laughs> how many times we got to do this, man? I mean, how many times I got some, he's 32. Okay. <laughs> he's, he's got plenty of BDEs under his belt already. That's true. Come on. Let him, TC. let him. Let him find I'm gonna, it. I'm gonna right? I'm gonna give you some some haunting numbers here. Some some <laughs> some research here. All right. There have been since February of 2018. So after the Abu Dhabi shot that we saw, after that win that we saw and celebrated with him, uh, when he has started a final round between first and fifth place, like entering those, uh, Data Golf would project that he would win 3.4 times. Okay, just based like just okay. if you if you keep being Tommy Fleetwood. You're going to win about three and a half times based on where you've started. This uh, is the big tone index, right? This is the big tone index, and then so then then they also have a separate stat that tracks like given how you played, like how your luck like shook out or whatever. Given how you played, how many times we'd expect you to win? That goes all the way down to one. That goes from three and a half. So he has basically shat the bed in so many final rounds, and the actual number of wins is counting since then uh, is zero. So uh, whoa, 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 whoa! He must have come. He must he's won. Been, he's won twice since then. He won. He won Africa's major. He twice. came back from outside of fifth place to win that. I believe it, the way it's counting it. So John, Johnny yeah. Miller, okay. Johnny I mean, Miller's <laughs> Listen, he shot. He was three under through two holes today. Oh, that uh, changes everything. Uh, I didn't realize that. He shot thirty-four on the front. He shot thirty-four on the back. He shot sixty-eight. He had three birdies coming down the stretch. 10, 11, 15. He had a disastrous bogey on 17. He lost by two. Three putt on 17. He finished solo second. I, like, I, again, I'm not going to, I still believe he's 32 years old. He's one of the preeminent ball strikers in the world. He's a streaky putter. We got to raise the, got to raise the floor there, but overall the putting stats are fine. We just got to, we got to keep juicing that sample size it's gonna happen guys i fell for it today he had like an eight foot par putt on 17 Un inexplicably had an eight foot par putt he hit the middle of the green he knew he needed birdie but uh had an eight foot par putt and i was like i think he's gonna make this one i, I there's no way he can miss another one and he, he missed it again and did not he blew his drive way right on 18 and did not birdie 18 so uh it's, it's just these it's, people out there conceding putts to him it's <laughs> I don't. It's just. It's just tough to talk about him like in the past tense or no talk about him about like in the past. Yeah, don't do this. Flag thing. on this one, TC. This is unbecoming. No, a couple like guys were such a good you know, day couple... here. Just, just you know what? Yeah, guys, we got to be better. That wasn't great. Let's move on. <laughs> That's all it takes. Couple guys in the DMs today. You know, some friends even in the texts and the WhatsApps some saying, you know what? I'm worried, TC. I'm worried. And all I would say is he's he's gone from 23rd at the end of 2022. 
to like 15th at the end of 2023. He's, he's had a great year. He had what, like nine, nine top tens this year worldwide at a 24 events. All right. I need some listener that has a lot of time on this Monday. I need you to go dig into the Tony Finau stuff from 2021 TC's quotes. I need you to stack them up like that, that part right there. I need you to stack them up. That's, that's all I need. Yeah. But Tony had never done it before. Tommy had done it a lot before, you know, back to back, like, uh, Abu Dhabi French open, you know, like national opens Africa's major <laughs> twice, all sorts of, all sorts of great performances, in, Mas- you know, in Masters majors, 63 is out the ass in, in the U S open. Hmm. Come on. All right, man. let's move on. There's a lot of news yeah. we got to cover. Um, Deej, I am really upset. Uh, the list of topics that you gave to choose from off the top didn't have my number one, which is, of course, Lonto Griffin's quotes. But I, be- I believe there may be some things that are more pressing than that. But uh, Roy McElroy has decided to leave the policy board uh, in a statement that was released uh, from from Commissioner Monahan and Ed Herlihy. The board's chairman uh, said, given the extraordinary time and effort that Rory and all of his fellow player directors have invested in the tour during this unprecedented transformational period in our history, we certainly understand and respect his decision to step down in order to focus on his game and his family. What's your guys' reaction to Rory stepping down from the board? Why now? Like, what, you know, why not a year, like six months ago, 12 months ago before? I don't know. It just feels like now they got to get somebody back up to speed. It, it, it feels, feels disappointing. Say that. Yeah. It feels a little like, you know, in for a penny in for a pound, right? If you're going to, if you're going to do it, let's do it. Seems like a lot of what was driving, you know, I'm not saying him specifically was, was driving a lot of the uh, changes, but I mean, he's like so integral to a lot of this conversation that it was kind of like, if, if you're going to do it, let's do it. And uh, I'm with you, Tron. It's like bringing in, you know, I don't know what play, what comparable player you bring in that kind of brings the same perspective to the board that someone like Rory does. You know, I think you can bring in somebody and we can get into the kind of the mules uh, comments about the situation, but some of the names they threw out of replacements are all names that like make total sense, but they're, they're not Rory, you know, having a, a literal seat at the literal table. Right. And it, it just seems like if you're kind of putting it through the stress test of like, man, is the PJ tour, better or worse with Rory on the board I would think it's probably better but uh, you know I also get that he's got to put his his golf first and he probably has been wildly 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 distracted and you know you can't say that that hasn't cost him in some way at some point this year I'm sure so I I get it but it also I'm I'm with you Tron that it's like man if if you're gonna do it it seems like you got to kind of stick to it and do it here yeah i think subjectively it's it's it seems like the right decision for him right like you know they had a board meeting this week and he's in dubai and he's got to dial in for an all-day board meeting from right eight time zones away like that's tough yeah it uh it we we mentioned this on the show many many times throughout the course of the last several years of like dude are are you good man like are you good can you handle all this are you sure like are you sure you're not energy zapped every time we talk to him or, uh, you know, ran into him, we would be like, Hey, how's the energy? He's like, dude, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm doing fine. And it was just only a matter of time before that ran out really. And I do think if you look back to what he was trying to accomplish and how hard he worked on that in terms of setting up the designated event structure and like getting all the players to come together, getting tiger on board, getting all these guys to like come up with a plan for the future of the PGA tour that all felt pretty controllable. And once June 6th happened, 
I feel like he and a lot of the players lost so much control. Like it just became a whole different level of conversation when you're talking about private equity and mergers and all this stuff. That's like, he's probably like, dude, I don't, I, I don't know. I, I had a pretty decent idea of like how we could get the most value out of the PGA tour, getting all the players together, playing the same, same events and coming up with a plan for that. But the rest of this conversation is like not necessarily something I want to stamp my name on. And Look, maybe stayed on the board a few extra months from that to like make sure there's a smooth transition and they're not to invoke any panic or I, I don't know. I'm I'm kind of and Tiger came yeah. on board too, right? Like that's a big deal. Like you know, kind of filling some of that vacuum that you were exactly. talking about. Deej. So right. it it uh, it it the timing is weird. Uh, that him leaving the board and resigning the board does does not seem weird to me at all. It really is just kind of like, dude, how much flack he's taken from just the public in general. Like I met one of my neighbors the other night and he just wanted, wanted to talk golf. He's like, yeah, we don't like Rory in this house. I just want to be like, fuck man. Like Randy, I've looked Randy. around the golf world, man. I'm, I'm telling you, this is one of the guys to root for. I really have. Uh, and it just, he's taken a lot and it's just time to step back. Randy's brought that up a couple of times over the last like year or so of, of, and I think he's brought it up as kind of an illustration of, you know, why Monaghan probably shouldn't be in his job anymore. But like you imagine like how how little rory needs that type of feeling right like that your neighbor like how imagine how hard it would be to like turn someone off from being a, a rory fan like somebody has fucked up yes. massively and, and and sorry hopefully this wasn't mr 800 it was not mr 800 no no, no this, is, this okay. is a new neighbor so the new neighborhood so it's a maybe an unsafe neighborhood but and, uh, and I, I'm sure Rory has probably, you know, I'm sure his mouth has gotten ahead of his brain, you know, in, in spots. And he's probably said stuff he shouldn't have or weighed in where he wishes he hadn't or or whatever. But, yeah, a lot of that is just I think it really keeps coming back to, like, him being the face of a lot of this stuff instead of the people paid to be the face of a lot yep. of this stuff. Yep. I'm kind of thinking we should start calling him acting commissioner, Jay Monahan. So I don't know how long that's going to. Interim, interim commissioner. <laughs> interim, interim that's the thing. It's like. You know, everybody keeps saying, all right, this thing's going to drag, you know, we're trying to give like, hey, we're not pro prognosticating like crazy here. We're just letting this thing play out behind the scenes. We hear plenty and it's from everything we hear. It's like, yeah, this thing's not anywhere close to being wrapped up or, you know, it's just about to get like start getting really interesting. And to me, it's like, all right, if that's the question, then like how much more time are you going to give Monaghan? Like, it seems like he's not even running the show anymore. Hurley, he's trying to get he and Monaghan you know, kind of dig them out of this hole. It's like, you know what, at some point, like you guys have just lost all credibility and you got to rip the bandaid off and, and bring somebody else in, even if you need to, you know, kind of brief them and get them up to speed. Let me ask you guys this from, from a uh, Rory, how you doing perspective? How, how are you guys doing just pro golf in general? Cause it seems Great. like we spent a, a lot of time, it, dude. a lot of time talking boards, talking restructuring, talking, you know, equity pitches, all of these things. Like I, I friends of golf, like, <laughs> man, I'm, I'm good on so much of this stuff. And it would be a lot more fun to talk about Rory's golf than Rory's like, you know, decision to be on or off the board. But uh, that stuff's gotta be catching up with the golf population. Sorry. I'm going to again, point to your neighbor as a canary in the coal mine. I mean, it was just like, I, it kind of took me all the way until this week. I think I said this through on Slack too. It was like, just what a fucking awful year of golf. Like truly awful year. I mean, this is not the, among the worst things that happened, but you know, Wyndham Clark and Brian Harmon winning majors, like doesn't normally like contribute to like the most interesting year in golf. Nobody gave a fuck about live. Like it wasn't even controversial or fun this year. Like it, last year it was 
wildly fun to see how stupid it was, but now it's just met with total and complete apathy. Nobody watches it. They've drained resources. You know, they've drained eyes, I think, and interest away from the PGA Tour. The merger, the fake merger, whatever the fuck that was, just totally threw a wet blanket on this entire season. There was like serious momentum going on, like who was going to actually win the championship this year. And the designated events were like pretty darn interesting. And I totally fell asleep from June 6th onward, I think, just because it was like, why the fuck would I ever care about this? There's now no plan or anything secured for the future of the game. The, the, the news that's starting to come out about this sounds absolutely horrific. There's something now called the Netflix Cup. The four <laughs> aces collapsed this year. So uh, did that roof. Like so many people invested energy into a screen golf league that's going to fall apart before it even starts. Cantlay and Xander turned the Ryder Cup into a fucking pay-for-play thing, and the U.S. gets spanked 16 and a half to 11 and a half. It's a it, it's been an absolutely awful year, and it even the Masters kind of thank stunk. God Scotty didn't, didn't win the Masters, right? Because TC said that would have been the worst, <laughs> worst case that ever happened. Yeah. Um, yeah, and you know trees were falling yeah. on people with the Masters. They, they you know, KVV was saying they detest the trees. <laughs> All sorts of stuff. I mean, I that, sent that through. You know what? I was doing. I was doing well until until the roof collapsed this week, and that was that was the literal and you know figurative straw that broke the camel's back for me <sighs> down at SoFi SoFi Stadium or Arena. Yeah, if you missed this, the uh, yeah the the TGL uh, Stadium, the arena that did not look at all what like the what the renderings of the arena <laughs> said it was going to be, but. Uh, living in Jack's, I feel like I've seen that, like they've, they've done all these renderings for like what the stadium is going to look like, what, what, what lot J is going to look like all that. And it kind of, it kind of reminded me of all the stuff that the Jags have put out over the last 10 years. And it's like, wait, no, that's not at all what, what you guys pitched here. Like that, this is like an inflatable indoor tennis facility. That it looks like the roof of that collapsed this week and uh, may have gotten more significantly damaged from storms that rolled through after that. Um, it, originally, the TGL said that they were that there was no delays noted yet. Now they're kind of backtracked a little bit on that. And from what we've heard, the de delays will be significant. It's not like you can just thinking about this. You cannot just like push this back into like major championship season, right? This was supposed to be in this part of the year, and I would not be even the least bit surprised if this gets pushed back an entire year now. Yeah, it sounds like it's a 2025 yeah. deal now. It's wild, man. I, I think, man. Uh, that was the first thing that hit me was like, okay, so it seems like the way they're building these teams are literally like filling holes. Okay. Who's available on, you know, January 17th. Okay. That means these two guys got to be on this team. This guy's available. He can come in. So we'll put him on this team. Uh, he's not playing, you know, Amex. So that means he can play here, like all of that stuff. And then you throw in actual like hard ESPN time windows Right. Like if something like this is on Golf Channel, it's just like, oh, shit, we don't have anything going on. We can just like cancel Bagger Vance and we'll, you know, we'll put this up on Monday night instead. ESPN, I would assume, is not the same way. And you start to like look at all this stuff. I was like, oh, my God, if this like gets moved even like a couple weeks, like what a shit storm that's going to be. And yeah, I don't know if, if you guys have heard anything more, but it sounds like it's going to be pushed way back, probably for some of those reasons. So uh, let me ask you this. They got a year now what back, what back to the drawing board here guys what would you what would you change specifically what do you what do you got what would you want really want them to do number one thing i don't care if you fake it i really don't care you got to have a draft you got to give totally us something agree. like you yeah. got to give us something that we can go back and be like they fucking passed on lucas glover i can't believe they passed on him uh when he goes and lights up the league like you got to give us something 
to to have some interest in these teams. I, we don't know how you form these teams. We don't know. Uh, we have no allegiance to any of them. I know you're trying to base them around cities. Give us some kind of draft and value. So give us something to discuss. So you got to give if you want this league to be taken seriously, you got to give like media something to some talk show bait, right? You got to do something more than just roll the, like this rollout that has been, you know, pretty soft and flaccid, a flaccid rollout, if you will. And I think there's an opportunity to go. Everybody gets a restart. Flaccid, but elongated. <laughs> it's been an elongated rollout. <laughs> Very droopy rollout. Uh, that's a reference to the roof, not not anything else. But uh, I think uh, total mulligan here can serve the whole league better here. Really, um, I know. I mean, we know a lot of people that are involved with the league. Like, we're not, we're definitely not rooting for this. We we feel for the people that have you know put a lot of effort into this, and uh, it does it does suck. I mean, a lot of you know Tiger and Rory have put a lot of a lot of invested energy in this, and that all changed uh, within this past week, which is quite unfortunate. Lucas Glover being on uh, one of a 2025 TGL team is, is starting to feel like some of those dudes that made the Ryder Cup like the year it got canceled for 9-11, <laughs> right? And they just like guys played really, really well in like 99 and somehow made the Ryder Cup team and it got pushed all the way back to 2002. Trying to forget uh, who it was. I think it was. Uh, hopefully they don't yank his spot. Uh, who was the U.S. They, player that totally felt Hal Sutton? He was yeah. 27th. Uh, and then he fell all the way to 125 uh, before that Ryder Cup, but he had to stay on the team. But I think back to your to your point, like uh, this has been my biggest criticism of this whole thing. And now it, maybe they have an extended period of time to fix it is like it just the whole thing feels like it's built around like convenience for the players, convenience for the owners, convenience for all of these people who are not the fans instead of building it towards like what people would actually want to watch. Now, if, if they do have a delay and they can take advantage of some of that stuff and start planning for it, maybe there's a way to really spruce up some of the excitement rather than like just defaulting to, ah, that's kind of minorly inconvenient for that guy. So we can't do it. I mean, are they going to do that? No chance. Like we're, we're listening to the, uh, John Urend and, and Andrew Martian podcast this week. And Mike McCarley was on there and it just doesn't inspire a whole lot of confidence. Like this is, this is the same dude that brought you golf pass. That's TC's line about you know? McCarley. That's, that's going to be, that's gotta be his go-to line. No, it's, it, it just doesn't like, it's like, there's, they're really serious about all the shit that shouldn't matter. And they're really unserious about all the shit that should matter. Like seemingly the roof. I don't know. You know, I think Dick Sullivan for the PGA tour superstore. <laughs> CEO and the Atlanta Drive GM. He should be running this whole the whole show. He should he's like a Theo Epstein like character. <laughs> God, I, I know you can't look right into the camera and break the fourth wall when you've got a bit going, but Tron's tweet about Dick Sullivan and how during this free agency period, uh the Ironheads need to reach out for a blue flame thinker like Dick Sullivan <laughs> and from Atlanta Drive to really like push the team into the future was that's that's as good as it gets, TC. Twitter hasn't been that good. But for like a while. back to your back to your question from earlier of like, you know, what a shitty year for for golf. How are we feeling about the pro game? And it's like trying to find these little things, these little angles, these little nuggets to entertain yeah. yourself and be less depressed about like that's why like I've just thrown myself into the cliques, Happy. you know, I mean, Blandy getting that extension and, and hopefully they bring in a couple more guys to, you know, round out the team with him and Keimer. Like, it's just, you know, you gotta like, you gotta find the silver Happy. linings. You gotta find those rays of sunshine. We got a lot. We still got to cover here. Uh, <laughs> Xander and Cantlay withdrew from the hero. Um, I don't really mm. know what to make of that. I, 
I don't really even think the live bots are faking like he's going to live, which is kind of, that's actually kind of disappointing, you know, like speaking of bits, like we need to keep that, that going of just free agencies uh, open. That's very true. But any, um, any live teams have two openings? The cliques. Yeah. <laughs> cliques. Wow. That's interesting. TC could like, be. Back. Yeah. And like, like how, so that's the other thing with live. How is smash not traded wolf yet? To I mean, who? maybe nobody wants him. Might be locker room poison. But like, it's, they need to like lie, like really lean into this stuff and be like, yeah, we traded him for the first, you know, the cap and hit would be Iron Matt monumental. I mean, you know, they, he was a first know. round pick. But like the fact he's that a, these guys are Morris actually, guy too. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that these guys are actually like signed for different terms to, to the different teams. Which, uh, is I, I don't want to take live free agency seriously, but I will for like two seconds. Dude, just like tell me the terms of the contract and this thing legitimately gets infinitely more interesting. Way more interesting. Right? Like imagine the example I was using you guys. Like imagine if like the Texas Rangers were just like, we signed Jacob DeGrom. Don't worry about what we're paying him or how many years we signed him for. We'll <laughs> just trust us and we'll let you know if he's no longer on the team. But like what puts him in context with fucking Dane Dunning, who they also signed, is like how much money you're paying him and how many years, you know, the contract is for and all of these things that like fans can use as a barometer to measure, you know, a player's performance versus their compensation. It's pretty fucking one on one stuff, man. Well, and now that you're not getting OWGR points, which you never were, but now that that has been communicated and is official, you got to steer into like what makes you different, right? Like you yeah. are like the team golf league. Stop trying to pretend you can do both things. You're banned from PGA Tour. You know, you're not going to get world ranking points. You're not going to be in the top 50. That's not how guys are going to get exempt into majors. That's done and over with. It always was. So lean into like what makes you different. Otherwise, it's just fucking boring, dude. No one's watching it and no one cares. Bro get Brooks Kepka a schedule, by the way. <laughs> He keeps tweeting. He keeps <laughs> blowing you up on Instagram. He needs a schedule. Even the PGA Tour has a schedule for next year, and they have no idea what they're doing. At least make it up, right? At least just put it put something fake out there. Brooks is just trying. He's trying to do his twenty twenty four planning. He's trying to get his vacations. And the on weddings. The a lot of weddings. Um, Sports Business Journal had an article this week about change coming to PGA Tour event purses. Uh, funded uh, how they're funded starting in the twenty twenty five season. Uh, now, now to be uplifting with the tour asking the tournaments for an additional fee uh the article said the pga tour will begin asking tournaments for an additional purse fee starting in the 2025 pga tour season uh it will make a significant shift in how its tournament purses are funded in the 25 season as prize money pools continue to rise sources told sports business journal this week what's going to happen if you do this the source says it means there's going to be less money to charity the title sponsors aren't going to put any more up so now we have to take money from the charity is that what you want? Uh, but then he said, but one source still questioned the sustainability of rising purse sizes, even with an anticipated influx of cash from Saudi Arabia's PIF or another investor. The source said, our TV ratings aren't worth it. You're playing in a sport that has a cap on it, and we've reached our cap. I feel like I spend 90 to 95% of the year like not trusting my gut on stuff right? i was, I was just gonna like, say go ah. back to 2018 dj pie was saying this like dude this is not adding up like is anybody checking this sheet like this is not adding up no one's I, watching I, this how do purses keep going up i don't get how like like okay so what happened when live and piff came in is like i, I think everybody will follow me here they in injected a outrageous amount of like irrational money the irrational money was for like hey we need you to jump over from a, that league to this league I know people are going to say some pretty mean things about you. Here's what that money's for. And we're eventually working towards like a super long-term 
you know, it's like acquisition costs of players. And now like here comes this other money into the PJ tour, which we can talk about in a second. Like that's irrational money too. It seems like, like, how does that ever get made up? Right. Because like the, the first amount of irrational money was for like getting people to jump. I don't get what, I don't get what happens here if that money's not just like coming from somewhere else. If it's not coming from the charity pile, if it's not coming from growing TV revenues, which how the fuck are you going to grow those any more than like what they are now? They're already like a fake inflated number. It just blows my mind, man. And it, again, it like I feel like I spend 90% of the year just being like, ah, nobody else is really talking about this. Like maybe I'm wrong or insane or maybe I don't get it. And then one, you know, you get one quote like this from a tournament director of just like, yeah, no, nobody's going to pay that. Nobody's watching these tournaments. Like this doesn't make any financial sense for these title sponsors. Like you guys get that, right? I'm like, oh, okay. It All right, already does. Okay, cool. Now, and now it's going to extra. Yeah, it just makes, yeah. it's crazy to me. It is crazy. I don't know where we're, I don't know where we're headed. And, and now we're, like, like now we're going to bring in, all right, let's say we don't bring in PIF. We're going to bring in a bunch of private equity guys who, even if they're taking the long view, those guys aren't going to like front a bunch of money so that, you know, William McGirt can make right like 4X what he should be making in the fall series. Like this is insane. And, and I think it's, it's part of some larger shift towards, you know, whether it's a a for-profit model like you know i'm sure this fits in with the tour trying to bring more tournaments in-house you know with championship management and like that they'll, they'll be owned and operated then but also maybe like maybe it's the way the tv contract is written and they can change that where that money flows differently through the organization and all that but like it, you know it's the same thing we hear about like the the netflix stuff the uh you know full swing stuff it's like that's not like actually making people watch these golf tournaments it's like i'm sure the rate like the ratings are like like it, it's a massive win if the ratings stay the same year over year and don't go down i think you know? there was a was it boston globe or something this week that had some more details on some of the um potential ownership group that that was basically like this giant cabal of sports owners right it was the fenway sports guys but then it was also like mark lazary and like all, all these other dudes just getting together to like yeah. basically put together a pitch sounds like friends of golf 2.0 tc i know those are those are your guys but no they're the staunch enemies of the friends enemies of golf. of golf uh but i i wonder if i think they kind of alluded to this at some point in there like from a investment standpoint when you start to look at like other teams right and you start to look at like what you know what all these guys obviously love owning teams and owning like these sports properties when you start looking at you know what NFL teams are going for and NBA teams and baseball teams and all these things like the like this investment in the PJ Tour probably looks much much smaller right and much more appealing and so i guess my question is like how you grow the PJ Tour as you know and this is where people are a lot smarter than me on these things but how do you grow the PJ Tour into something that ends up being worth what they're talking about and my point, I think, is like, I don't think you do it by keeping this same structure, right? I think like those people would want to front that kind of money to be in the like Rory McElroy, Xander, Shoffley, Patrick Cantley, Ludwig, Max, like Justin You're Thomas, Spieth, superstar business. And that's where I'm like, try, like, I would be trying to wave my hands if you are 
talking to a Lanto Griffin or Ryan Armour, like I know we skipped over these quotes, but it's just like, dude, you're about to get hit by a fucking train. I don't know what the future looks like for either of those, right? It's like you either have to, you know, all this money is going to have to come in and then like try to be recouped somewhere else, which it seems like it that's not going to happen by keeping the status quo. That's going to happen by radically changing the business model. And then if you're keeping like the under kind of like the underling rank and file of the PGA tour, you're doing that as almost like a feeder system or kind of like out of, it's almost like a charity at that point. Right. No, no pun intended, but like you're kind of just standing that up, not as a money-making property, but just as like, Hey, we need a feeder system into the thing that makes a ton of money. So when we get to solid, I don't know if there's a good time to talk about like some of the quotes about Rory leaving the board and you know, those guys view on stuff. It's just like, man, we're talking about vastly different things here. I, I, I've been anticipating this more than maybe anything in my entire life. These, these Lonzo Griffin quotes, because <laughs> it, it, I just, I can't believe we could be this far into this and still having this conversation. I can't believe Lonto has talked with Rory as much as he claims he has and still like not have this get through his head, but I'll, I'll get through these quotes. Lonto lives in Ponte Vedra. It's like, and like we're talking about a guy that's, that's kept his PGA tour card three times and he's made close to $8 million on course. Um, just on the this, PGA this may tour. take a second, it's but crazy. these these quotes are are worth it, and I actually trim these down because there's there's a lot. In the, this is Adam Shupak's article in Golf Week. Adam Shupak, of course, the Mule Whisperer, uh, continues to get these guys to go on the record saying the most ridiculous things. I don't want that to stop. But uh, Lonto said, uh, "Rory is great because he was approachable by everybody, but at the same time, he was bought by the tour. The head of the board has the same sponsors as the tour and the players." Uh, there's influence there. I'm talking Workday. I can't remember them all. Golf Pass. The guy who's running the board is being paid by all the title sponsors. It's a little sketchy to me. Okay. What? I think there's some truth. We've talked there's about that, to that before. With like Grant Thornton, with Ricky, or like, you know, funneling these things to the top players. Yes. Yeah. that's. But they also did that to keep these guys. I was going to say, I, well. just because some of that is true doesn't, I don't think, make it necessarily like nefarious. No, it, it yeah, like it doesn't mean that that that's insinuation that he's bought is just that he's going to nod and go along with anything the tour tells him or Jay tells him or the board tells him. I don't, I don't, I don't quite follow that. That money was not coming to you, Lonto, regardless, right? And again, the, Roy's a value driver for this tour. The PJ Tour would be fucking stupid to not be pointing their sponsors uh, towards their most valuable members. So anyway, and it, and it's funny to me too, where like it's yeah, like Lonto the. The entire reason they have to do that is because the bylaws specifically state that they can't net him up with Correct. cash. Right. <laughs> and the fact that you've made $8 million on tour despite providing zero memories of any kind is, again, why that money has to come from an outside sponsor. Anyways, uh, he continues, there are certain guys out there among the top players who won't give you the time of day, and there are guys like Rory who will. I talk to him for about 30 minutes of the players and then again Canada, which is really nice of him, and he listens. There are some guys out here who wouldn't do it. Justin Thomas wouldn't do it. Colin Morikawa wouldn't. I feel like there's an elitist group. Rory feels like he can listen in and understand where we're coming from too. Someone like that with a person with personality. Brant Snedeker, just to throw a name out. Someone who is respected by everybody but also has some perspective and isn't just making 40 to $50 million off the course and is going to be guaranteed to be in every elevated event. Gotta say, I, 
I kind of agree with Lonto on some of this too. I think there's I think there's some interesting stuff there. I, I appreciate him naming names on what a on- drive by on JT and Morikawa, who are not in leadership <laughs> position here and have not ignored Lonto Griffin. He hates Excel. <laughs> but I think he's saying, like, hey, we don't need another one of those guys representing, you know, the the mule class. He also said Rory was bought. Then he also said, Yeah, Rory like listened to us and cared about us. So you gotta kind of make your mind up here on how you feel about Rory. Yeah. But um, this then is true. Into, I, I might not agree with everything you say, but I do appreciate him going on the record here. This it is. is it's problem. one of those like you get like twenty percent of it's right, and uh, you like yeah. you're missing the important eighty percent. But like, yeah, if you totally. just honed in on this twenty percent, like you are technically right about this. But again, you are missing the forest from the trees. I'm I'm really glad he didn't go after Cantlay because he's got that Stanley patch on his mm. shirt. Lonto does. And that could have been makes like you a, think about who's bought. You know, bought Stanley bought. Black and yeah. Decker versus Dewalt. Exactly. You know. Um, Lonto continued, give them all the money they want, but when you start giving them the points, I got a problem with that. Do you know what fifth place for an elevated event next year uh, makes in FedEx Cup points? 300. It's two. It's 110 for a normal event. So I go play Torrey Pines with 156 players in the cut, and Rory goes to LA the next week in a 78-player no-cut field, and he gets nearly three times the points for the same finish. How is one going to compete with that? The guys that are making the decision are obviously going to look out for themselves. That's where there is a disconnect for guys in my position, the normal guys. So having someone who will listen and not only be concerned about the top 10. Damn, man. I was, like, I was so with like, you can You can play your way into the top yeah. 70. Like That's the whole fucking point. Why, here, why should I get less it's... points just for beating worse players? <laughs> that That's where I have a problem. You don't understand, though. The guys that are better at golf than me keep getting more points than me. How do we change the system so it benefits me, the lesser golfer, the the lesser value player to this tour? How do we change things so that things are better for me? How do we do this, huh? Wait till Lonto figures out that it's like two different tours. That's kind of what I was going to say. It's basically almost like two different points. And that's that's where it's just like, man, I, I think maybe they've done a bad like they, they haven't wanted to rip the whole bandaid off at once, but that's, that was my train analogy before is like, do you not realize like you're, you're just standing on the tracks here, man, you're, you're about to get run over. And if you, if you haven't seen this coming, I don't know really how I can, I can uh, explain it to you. Yeah. And the, like there, there's two different tours. The dude that you just said was listening, actually listening to you was not the create is not the, the creator of this train that's coming down the track also. So, yeah. Um, also like they're, they're like, there's no, there's probably no tour if you guys keep bitching about this and like the rank and file. I guess we'll get to Ryan Armour's quotes. I'll let you get there. So. I didn't even copy and paste those because I got so many uh, Lonto oh. ones here. But uh, he continued, the top players deserve a lot of credit, a lot of money, but Roy shouldn't have an advantage over me in the FedEx Cup. If he wants $20 million purses and $100 million pit money, take it. We don't give a shit. I told Rory this. I said, beginning of the year, what's your goal? Win the FedEx Cup, win majors, win three, four times. Do you know what 70% of the guys out here, their main goal is to keep their job? He said, fair enough. We care about money. That comes with good play, but we're more worried about keeping our job. Every year, there's five to 10 really good players that go back to Corn Ferry Tour that have been out here for a long time. Do you think Rory is worried about that? JT had the worst year he'll ever have this year and finished 71st. That was a pretty great year for me last year. I had surgery and I was hurt, but I still managed four top tens. To have the deck stacked against us, we're losing points, money starts. It feels like who's making these decisions? like not you I would not, not that, you guys i think that's yeah. like the whole point is like no i, I think I, you, your guys equal voice has now been changed which i would be pissed about too if i was him but i think when we're looking at the, the grand scheme of things Sally, you very eloquently put this on the pod a couple years ago now but like status quo not an option like that is the fundamental disconnect here is like it's part of the problem 
Yes. And and that's what I think is leading to a lot of these quotes is just like a total misunderstanding of of that. Right. It, it I would argue that there's not enough guys losing their cards every year. Right? Like that this that's kind of the whole fucking point here, dude. Again, like, it I feel like the the pip screwed up a lot of this conversation because again we're not talking like he's talking about favoritism of the guys that are beating him on the golf course like their golf scores are lower and better they're better than him at golf this is not a popularity contest this is not a meltwater mentioned contest to find out who gets in these events yeah there's gonna be some sponsor exemptions and all that but like that's not really any different than how regular events are run now like again it's just changing from the status quo that was ridiculous to start with and yeah it's gonna be worse for you but like i need like one of these guys, when they do these rants, make the case for why more focus, more money, more energy should go to the huge, like very replaceable lot of the lesser players. And we're talking about like some of the people that we're friends with here, right? Like it's 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 always a it's a tough part of the conversation to have. Like we are friends with people that are in this group, but like you guys have to be honest about what value you're providing, like professional golf, and understand that it's probably not a lot, and things might change, and you might not make eight million dollars in three years. Uh, anymore or you might still under the current structure you probably still will if you play decent golf i don't know it's it's hard i think the counterpoint or like the the biggest case for the mules would be like let's go to baseball right if you are if you're the 150th ranked golfer in the world right you, you would or 150th on the pj tour or whatever you would say that like nobody gives a shit about you. No one's buying tickets to watch you. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. Like if you're 150th in baseball, you're the fifth best player on the, you know, the 30th team basically, which is like a pretty good, it's a, a pretty respected position. Right. And I think what's unfair. I was talking that I kind of stole that from Wolfie is writing something for us about he's been Jim Herman's agent for a long time. Jim lost his card for the first time in a long time. And he was just kind of talking about like this scenario and what happens when someone loses their card and yada, yada, yada. And I think the big, the best case is like in order to become Rory and Rom and Scotty and all those guys, like you do need a field to, to beat. Right. And I think in order to get to that point where the, where the PJ tour was for 60 years, like that was a pretty good model for a long time. And now we're entering this era where it's like, you know, it could be, the devil you know is better than the devil you don't who knows if like a world tour i know we're pretty bullish on it but maybe it maybe it does become a big calendar of wgc's and it does become soulless and it does become kind of like maybe no cuts does stink i don't know but i think that would be the biggest case is like hey we need to have a full field otherwise these guys wins don't mean quite as much i don't know your reaction to that <sighs> I've been to, I, this is my job to cover golf. I, I go to a fair amount of PGA Tour events and don't recognize like 20 to 30% of the field, if not more. It depends. I mean, RSM probably a little more than that. Like uh, the reason why there's 156 like players that tee it up in these events is literally just based on like the sun and the amount of daylight in a day, right? Like that doesn't mean it's the right amount. Like, yeah. They they try to maximize the number of opportunities. Like there's 20 Formula One drivers. It would not make sense to put 100 uh formula one cars on a track i know it's not a perfect analogy but there's 20 here are the 20 guys you got to care about uh gonna be a, a few replacements here and there and that biggest shit show aside that seems to be working out quite well for them um there's just not a lot of value i, I read off the, man people are so up in arms about who's going to get into these designated events signature events i read off the the 10 guys that got on at the top could you off could you read them back without checking the list could you read them back to me like 
Again, it's no, just. No, I was joking earlier. You could have just pulled those names out of a hat. I don't yeah. think by the time we get to Riviera, I'm not sure I would have totally yeah. remembered. So again, it's we're so far distracted by the fact that there's going to be change, uh, and not even thinking about how how to how do you make this an entertainment product, right? And again, it's so broken that like this isn't going to solve anything. And again, until you f- figure out the television thing, you're not solving anything. And that's a that's another thing to add to the list of the worst golf year ever. Was NBC took it to heights that we un, un, unknown to man. Well said, guys. I think if there's more familiar faces every week too, like yeah. you know contending and all that that makes it more digestible for the viewer right or you know like lanto said hey there's five to ten good players going back to corn Ferry tour every year like yeah man like that's what makes it fucking mean something for sure you know otherwise it's you know and, and I like think, i think we've and, and then he says, do, you, do you think rory's worried about that and it's like no because rory's really freaking you. good like that's the point man i think we've made this point too and you know i'm just kind of being devil's advocate with the the full field stuff but the like the line is interesting no matter where you draw the line, right? So like if there's 50 guys on a world tour, numbers 50 through 55 are going to be, I would yeah. argue, probably even more interesting than numbers 200 through 205 or, or whatever that are going back to the Corn Ferry Tour. And honestly, the best case to make in this is like, hey, the PGA Tour is one enormous commerce center with hospitality and like for... 80 plus percent of the people that attend these events in hospitality and even for fans, like they just want to see golf more than they do. Like, like you want to see specific players. Like there is a group of 80% of the, of the field that is very replaceable. Right. But like when you go to the 17th hole at TPC Sawgrass, you'd rather watch somebody play than nobody play. So when a smaller field, it might not be the same flow of people going through a hole in a tournament. That is your case, right? If you want to sell hospitality units that are going to be open all day and you can charge this much for it. Like the case is like, there's going to be golf on the course by like the lot of us but again don't confuse that with actual power because extremely extremely replaceable and who knows how much value that's actually driving but and it just tr- it truly feels like guys like be, be more ambitious like put some stock in yourself yeah. and, and you know and and have some confidence that you can reach those heights and play your way in there's nothing saying you can't play your way in via beating the you know the next best guys in those so-called mule and events. if you can't do Brian that Armour why should other, you be yeah. in it like yeah. make the why should you be in it like just because it's always been you know like all right it's been 125 cards there's 175 to 200 guys that get a dozen or more pga tour starts a year and like there's plenty of opportunities in there i would say there's probably too many opportunities right and there's 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 too many tournaments and like ryan armor goes on to say you know, hey, the, the you know the tour has succeeded, and the reason why we have forty some events and not just twenty two, we have a lot of talented players that basically want to play in the U.S. We want to be here. We have a lot of great events, and I hope they continue. And it's like, hey, man, like, like why, like why should there be forty seven events? I think that's that's what gets to like the the big conundrum for me is like, dude, how how do you keep enough gas in that engine to support both of these things forever? Right, like that that's where I am just like kind of boggled like mind boggled on how to how to figure that puzzle out and how to figure out how to put up these like absolute you know golf super festivals with the the 50 best players and there's all of a sudden you know i don't know this spirals into a whole other thing but like the you know are the fans really going to tell that much of a difference maybe it'll take 20 you know 10 15 20 years to really understand the difference between like a designated event and the Schwab or the John Deere or whatever. But I think a lot of golf fans really just like watching CBS at three o'clock on a Sunday afternoon and are not 
asking for a lot of this stuff. And I, I think a huge part of the problem and the disconnect here of us as golf fans trying to decipher how this means is just there's two different universes here, right? There's real like rooting sporting interest, which is like the television product, right? And there is corporate interest, right? And you if you you do quote gotta hand it to them when it comes to the PGA tour, they can sell their asses off. Totally, they get yeah. money to come in the door despite not a lot of people watching it. They get people to re-up, they get people to continue to spend. And again, like so much shit happens like the, you know, the golf fan is really valuable, much more value than the average NFL fan. The income level is higher. The, you know, just the, 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 I, I can't really even explain it. The, the whole, the whole like hospitality element of golf, bringing people together. It's an easy sell for like RSM to put up the money to do it and bring a bunch of their clients from around the country and like put them up at sea Island and host them to watch a golf tournament for the week. And the, the, you know, their money gets raised for charity and like that, that's going to continue like that model has been proven around the world there's dp world tour events there's lpga tour there's ladies european tour like that stuff will continue but if you're actually want to make a a real media product with real actual interest we're talking about something different than that right and i think that's where the separation is going to have to get really divided and i'm not an expert on all that like that's a fifth grade level intelligence which is pretty much what i have on this stuff but like it is that's why we end up with these massive commercial deals with the sponsors because they don't separate selling like hospitality and on-site experience from the media deal and then it just punches the fan in the face and it's this whole complicated web yeah. that um doesn't inspire me at all because i don't know and that's the whole thing with that pissed armor off in the first place when he coined yeah. the mule term was because he's like hey we're you know we're showing up for these pro-ams or these hospitality things and that's how the Not hospitality he said hospitals like, by the way but he's the hospital yeah, visits hospital. yeah <laughs> But like, yeah, man, like that's, that's you doing your job to justify those tournaments and those sponsors. Like to me, it's, it's, it's insane that the tour, the purse this week for RSM was $8.4 million. The, the, the purse for farmers insurance open at Tory is $8.7 million. Dollars. Like California, Texas. That, that's, <laughs> that's wild. Right. Like, like how like those two things are so like unproportional, even if, Farmers and Tory is not a designated event. It's just a regular event. It's still like, it's like smacked out. That's the beginning of the golf season. That is West coast swing. That is good TV ratings and all that. RSM's <laughs> relegated to golf channel and, you know, a three hour window. And it's, it's like those two things, like, like I, I would say the, you know, nothing against the RSM. Like it's a, I like sea Island. I think the Davis love foundation does a great job with it. That's more similar to a corn fairy tour event than it is to, a designated or signature event or farmers on the PGA yeah. Tour from a, yeah yeah exactly it's, it's like the fact that the tour is basically over the last decade plus two decades like credit to tim fincham they've they've tricked us into you know feeling like these things are the same when they're clearly not and like sponsors are paying like farmers is getting a, a screaming deal compared to rsm i feel like they're probably both getting ripped off but like which becomes know, the, the question crazy. like how do you keep both of those guys in the boat going forward and that's the job that's going to get really freaking hard yeah um on a completely separate note paul azinger is out as the color commentator at nbc um i did not realize his contract was up i i, I feel like i would have been following that a little bit more closely but his last event was he, he might was not have Ryder <laughs> cup uh unbeknownst to him he will not be calling the hero it didn't really seem like he was in a he was in a prove it year this year <laughs> 
Um, what's your guys' reaction to, to Zinger getting uh, not renewed or fired? I don't know how you how we, how you would call this. I I think Zinger's a, honestly I think Zinger's a net positive in the in the world <laughs> of golf. I I could he have done a better job over the past couple of years? Sure, certainly. Do I think he's to blame for all of the Comcast NBC woes that are plaguing the golf world? Absolutely not. I, I, I don't know. It's easy to easy to dump on. I, I think he probably could have done more homework in some spots and whatever. But I thought more often than not, I actually, you know, kind of got a chuckle out of listening to him. So I, I, I feel like I might. I, I don't know about miss him necessarily, but I certainly wouldn't have minded if he stayed on. To be totally honest, that's where I was at until maybe midway through this year. And then I feel like he had some really real clunker performances and just clearly like you could tell he just wasn't you know, like, like I like Zinger. I think he's, I think we gave him a long leash too, right? Yeah. Like we supported the hell out of him. I was going to say hand up the first few years when a lot of people were hand up here. I, I, I totally, I totally let a lot of his performance slide. Cause I love Zinger. Like he's such a, he's a great dude. I, he's a great, got a great guy. relationship yeah. with them i i think he once was a great announcer i really do i mean i know it was once a year at the u.s open but he was really good and when he came on uh with nbc it's just a different environment uh i i don't want to blame all of nbc's woe like i don't want to blame his performance on the air on nbc's woes but like it's a totally different production truck team windows chemistry with co-hosts like uh, a lot of things that just, it wasn't working it, i did not think it was very good it was I, I, I think it will be time to move on. I still love Zinger. Uh, I don't think it, it's still such a drop in the bucket compared to how much stuff needs to get fixed with NBC. So it's it's yeah. not the biggest priority, but uh, I struggled to marry why I was so hard on Faldo, not hard enough on Zinger, uh, when it probably deserved to be a little closer call. But I'll, I'll own that one. Uh, it was just, it didn't need to be said, right? I mean, we kind of all heard it as, as it went <laughs> along. And uh, uh it's like that guy, the Geico commercial or, yeah. or the Progressive commercial. Yeah, she has, she has blue hair. <laughs> we, we all see it. it. We all see it. Uh, I feel like he was. No, I mean, I do think he was. He was horrific at the Ryder Cup. Like you guys didn't yeah, have to true. listen to it because you were there. I'm, he was. Not he was so head. bad. It was almost to the point of like, hey, like I'm clearly mailing it in over here, guys. I dare you to do something about it. That's yeah. yeah, I mean, it. I don't even know how much of it is performance based and how much it is like NBC just continuing to just slash budget. And I've, from what I've heard, the cuts are going to be even more, even, I don't know how you cut any more than they have, but it's going to be even more significant for 2024 in the, in Hell the yeah. uh, multiple of millions. that still needs to come off the books, I believe in some, in some capacity, but uh, yeah, it's, it's probably, well, we're growing purses, it's only going to get worse. Uh, I have a feeling, but um god brian roberts come on down who's, who's it gonna be who's going in the seat i gotta think faxon i feel like it's brandles no, i think it's i think he's too polarizing i think they'll go safer i think faxon um uh, already you know on doing faxon feels already natural. doing play-by-play -play week yeah. to week um i don't i don't know if you go outside i think you got to pay probably more than you are paying somebody probably in-house and just promoting him up a chair probably feels like uh, the cheapest move they could make, which is why I think I, I love Brad. I think he's great. I think he's great for golf nerds, right? I don't yeah. know if he's going to uh, resonate a ton with, you know, the audience. It's the same kind of reason I love Trevor Emmelman is, is why I like Brad Faxon talking golf too. He's a true golf nerd. And, uh, and, and I think he, he, he speaks to me when he, when he talks, which I don't, I don't know who Zinger was, was speaking to by the end. The Nationalist maybe <laughs> yeah, at the Ryder could, Cup. You know, I feel like as a golf nerd, we deserve a little bit more. <laughs> we need something. You know? 
you know, some, some, some handouts and some hand hands up, you know, of like, Hey, you know, give us something to work with here. I, I, I don't know. I think Brandel, the counterpoint to that is if they wanted to go for juice or for somebody polarizing or somebody, Hey, you know what? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, you know what? Like, I feel like, like Brandel, Johnny, check this shit out. Exactly. You know, and, and Brandel, say what you want about him. Like he's exceptionally well-prepared. I think Brandel will be great. Uh, does I think Brandel will be my number one choice. Yeah. I don't know if they'll do it, but I would, I would tune in to listen to, to Brandel specifically. I would be all in on that. I'm going to push Whether back like, on that love because, him or hate him. No, I like Brandel on TV, like, but his like live from and golf central stuff where he can flesh out a thought in 60 to 90 seconds, I think is really good content, right? Again, might not always agree that that color chair is you got to be so it's just so in and out so fast and i've heard him he does some golf like he does like some of the stuff from the studio when they do the the coverage gap stuff and it's just not the same personality i don't know i i don't i don't know if that i don't know if that moving from that it's two different roles it really is two different roles i would not probably part of the reason we don't like a lot of color commentators is that's just a harder role than we probably give credit to it just totally um i don't know well, I think Trevor, like hats yeah. off to Trevor for what he's stepped in and done over the last, you know, however, what is it, two two seasons now? These I think just this season. Right? This is the first season. Full-time. Just this well, season? Yeah. Okay, yeah. I mean, God, it feels like he's been he's there been for at PBS, three but years he, now. in the actual yeah. chair. But um, and shout out to Johnson Wagner uh, did the color commentary this past week. He was I like fantastic. it. Yes, he was yeah. really good. Do you think they would? They would. Uh, yeah, Johnson's great. I I, I really enjoy his stuff. Do you, Do you think they would? maybe call up Nabolo? I wonder. Yeah, that's a good question. But again, you're probably gotta you gotta you gotta compete on the dollar amount probably to hire him away, I would think. Um honestly, I think that operation's yeah. such a shit show now that you gotta you got there's some hazard pay that's gotta come to to get people to want to walk into that. Whereas CBS Paul, has their shit together. Paul McGinley now. probably doesn't want to yeah and Paul McGinley probably doesn't want to travel right. that much or do it. You know, and it's like I feel like they've they've kind of gotten away from because before it was like a prerequisite was like you had to have won a major. That's what I was going to say. That's the elephant right. in the room that we have not. I feel like everybody that we've brought up has not won a major. And that has always been the like unspoken prereq. So, I, I if you're looking at like major champions, I don't know who the fuck would want to do it. What I mean, could it be a female? Maybe. I don't know who. I don't know who it would be. I don't but... know either. Who would it be? Like Morgan or Karen Stupples or someone? Karen would be great. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Not a hard decision. Um it's it's just so funny to talk about this versus talking about like, you know, who's Amazon Prime gonna hire and they're gonna they're gonna throw twenty million dollars a year at Sean no, McVay. Really. No, this is just like oh Troy god, Aikman. maybe this guy'll do it. <laughs> maybe we could get this guy. <laughs> Yeah, where I mean, shit. Like, I feel like the the the, the uh, other elephant in the room is Phil, right? Of like, man, if Phil wouldn't have like torched his career and his credibility and his legacy, he would have been the perfect guy for this. Pretty big if. He'd have been so good on CBS. I really do, really do think so. But I think he's priced. I don't know. He probably still would have kept. Phil finished second in the Masters this year. <laughs> that was one of the great things that happened this year in golf. Despite what Phil has done to the world of golf, that was wildly entertaining. You know who I have not given any thought to this until literally just right now, but major champion that I think would be really, really good, would have a lot of interesting stuff to say, could get in and out, be very punchy, Furic, mm. I think would be super interesting. That is interesting. 
but he has, he has like all the money. money. I don't know. That's what why I mean. I don't know why he would ever do it. <laughs> yeah. But I, I think he'd be really good. He, uh, yeah. I, th- I think he likes competing though. I don't think he's done playing. He loves playing the Champions Tour. He's still just an absolute grinder. Um, what about it's, Luke it's a tough job. Just, it's a tough job. Career money list here. Luke Donald would be good. I got another idea for you. Uh, he's gonna, he's gonna be, he's gonna be busy with his uh, Ryder Cup captaincy, but Hunter Mahan. Sure. He's fun. Again, not a major champion, but he was great, great, great on the uh, at the Ryder Cup for for Sky, and I don't know, he'd be he'd be interesting. So, I almost feel like they need to like totally change up the whole thing. That's oh, what you, I was oh really? Say. Like, oh, yeah, well, I could agree. With no, that. no, like no, no, <laughs> yeah, no, no. I mean, nothing against Dan Hicks. I like Dan Hicks. I did, like. I think we're just ready for some new juice, and maybe, maybe you know, if they did this, I'd be like, "Fuck that, man!" Like, why? Where's Dan Hicks? Probably. We we didn't know what we had. Which there's been new but... juice though, like no Malby now, no Gary Coke, and now no Zinger. Like, I, I'm a Coke head though. I, I like Coke. I like Malby. I like this. Is Smiley too young for that job? Probably. Kurt Byram, he's fantastic, but I don't know if again, I don't know if his name carries necessarily. Like. For the press release, they're trying to you say. Know, I like him for a golf nerd. He's <laughs> yeah. a great. He's one of the best like golf yeah. nerd announcers. But again, it's a that's a just a totally different world. So I think to your point, Ron, on on changing it up, I felt like Zinger. I kind of always felt like that was like a half measure, right? Towards like, hey, we're gonna we're gonna get like a little less serious. We're gonna get a little more relaxed. We're not gonna change like the stu- like the the truck or the rest of the booth or anything else. And so like Zinger's just gonna stick out like a sore thumb. Uh, until you bring in Smiley, who's a little bit more relaxed as well and a little younger and a little more at ease. But I, I wonder if they'll revert back to like, no, 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 that was a horrible idea. We need to actually be super serious. Or if they will like totally change it up and like, okay, let's build around Smiley and let's build around, you know, some of these other guys. Duval would be another one I guess I would throw out too. If we're looking major champion, NBC guy. Why not pull somebody from Sky? Like they have a great, great. broadcast on that side Don't too. Know. You know? I guess we'll see. What if they hired Faldo? I, I I tweeted that today, man. It's like, why that that would be the perfect wrap on 2023 is if Faldo is somehow back in our lives on a weekly basis. But, um, God, I miss Johnny. Miss Johnny, guys. Man. An hour and a half into this pod, uh, Tiger Woods is coming back to the golf course. He's going to be playing the hero here in a couple of weeks. DJ, I know you're super pumped up about this. I no, don't make me sound like a cynic. All, all my cynic. my my point on on Slack was. You know what? For better or worse, man, we we've been doing this like starts and stops, and he's leaving, and he's surgery, and he's coming back, and this, oh, this, what, this, the, oh, it's a big comeback. Let's tweet all the gifs. Let's tweet all the, oh my god, how far to the Masters? All that's like, yeah, we've been doing it for like a decade, man. And you know, hope he comes back and plays well and plays pain free, and hopefully it's a fun week at the Hero World Challenge. But I really have not given it too much thought. Is this his first hero since he, since the car accident? Think it that's is. what's messed up i literally have no idea it all just flattens into some like yeah, kind of big I mean, weird mess the last decade I 2023 don't he played the masters he played the genesis he withdrew at the masters he finished t45 at the genesis 2022 he played the masters finished 47th he withdrew at the pga championship and missed the cut uh at the open championship 2021 um which is the this is before the accident yes so he he, he played the only events he played in 2021 were like the fall majors, which was the Masters and the U.S. Open during the COVID year in 2020, actually. And then he played uh, the Zozo that year. So I just 
I hate the hero. <laughs> like I hate it so much because it's 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 so antithetical to everything that the tour espouses to be about. Right, like, all right, we're gonna give OWGR points. It's like this free OWGR giveaway to the guys that happen to be in the which twenty five. Now the there's not many it. points in it because they redid the system. They oh, I know, but yeah, but for but but for however long it was artificially juicing stuff, and it was it's it, like it's just it's stupid. No offense to Doctor Moon at all, no worse. But I, I just it's just depressing almost. Like I'm like I, it's I'm good. Like it seems it like there's a good. It seems like they do a lot for the foundation and Tiger builds a lot of like his own off the course stuff around it. But it seems like you could kill two birds with one stone. You could do a lot of that stuff at, in a in a more, you know, a way that was of greater good to the golf world. I'm I'm kind of with you. A lot of it feels very like, you know, do as I say, not as I do kind of thing. As all these people were talking about like, oh, no, real events have cuts and these have this and that and the other thing. Tiger That's what I'm saying. saying. And now it's like, well, well, this event <laughs> yeah. doesn't. But you know, idiots will watch it. You know, they'll watch it. I think I'll watch it. TC, you, you should have led, but the number one reason to not like the hero, I think, which is fair, is it's it's clashing with the Australian Open, right? And how it just like makes it a total yeah, that's X a for point. the top yeah. players in the game that I can do this five o'clock free crack giveaway uh, down in the Bahamas or travel around the world to play the Australian Open um, and get taxed at 49% yeah. of my earnings. It's, it's pretty easy. And, you know, it's... It's at the place where your your boy SBF was hanging out. Will you too. apologize? Hanging for, out have at, you apologized for Albany. SBF yet? <laughs> <laughs> now he's Has he gotten sentenced yet? Of his peers? I don't think he's gotten sentenced yet. Uh, he's not returning any of my texts. <laughs> <laughs> Netflix Cup. Did you guys catch a lot of that? I'll be honest. I, I didn't watch it. Uh but, but I, I felt I felt like it wasn't for me. You would you didn't you did right. not miss out on on much of anything. And that's fine. I've accepted that there's <laughs> things in the golf world that aren't for me, right? And so it's like I'm not gonna wait. Like I'm not gonna shit all over them because they're not for me, right? Like I you know I I don't have a leg to stand on for evaluating those. Before problems. you go, Deej, I want to I want to do what if this idea was like brought to us. They're like, hey, we want you guys to host like the Netflix Cup with. F1 drivers and race car driver, or, you know, race car drivers and PGA tour players. Um, and, and, and my brain is trained on anything video for like the rounds of comments DJ has given me on anything editing or any ideas trains my brain just to know like what he's going to say. Right. So it'd be like, okay, first thing was, uh, all right. Yeah. We want it to be eight guys. You DJ back. Nope. That's way too many guys. Way too many guys. What is this? Way too what many is guys. This? We don't need eight guys. <laughs> Uh, eight microphones live all at the same time. It's going to be a nightmare to submix all at the same, uh, you know, right live as it's happening. Oh, that's the other thing. It's live. Uh, also, Deej, he, he would throw up his hand and be like, why does this have to be live? Why does this have to be live? Why can't we edit it, spend a day editing it, package, trim out the bottom 45% of it that is un, unusable for TV, use only the best parts, uh, and air it and pretend like it's live, even though it was recorded the night before. That's been the two easiest notes. And that was the two biggest difficulties I had. It was a total clusterfuck from the jump. Uh, Bert Kreischer, I don't really know who he is, was all over the place. Marshawn Lynch was actually a, 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 a breath of fresh air, but there was highlight. 75 different announcers going he on top of it. He job. It was totally not for me. I, um, I don't know who it was for. I know it was more promotion for full swing and drive to survive and the F1 race being in Vegas and all that stuff. But, uh, it was just a, a bit of a, a tough scene. Was it trying to be for everybody? 
That's the problem, right? Uh, yeah, I don't know. That I'm mm-hmm. TC. I'm largely with you. Like, hey, the you know this maze isn't meant for you, sort of situation. Like, but also parenthetically, it's like, yeah, golfers, some of which you know, like very personally, uh, and F1 drivers playing golf. Like, it fucking seems like it should be for me. Really? <laughs> like, you're t- that's like that's not for me. Like, I I don't know. Seems like maybe yeah. I would have some interest in that. Uh, but yeah, I just I, I tried to watch it. It was. I'd say 70 to 80% too much, uh, Steve Aoki. Uh, I, I made it through about 40 minutes and then was just kind of like, I don't really know what this is or who this is for. And I'm going to pull it long was it? Way. It was like, like two and a half hours, hours, maybe three hours. hours. It was shockingly long. Um, I, I still, I still can't hear Steve Aoki's name without of course. Like, still being gobsmacked that his dad started. Of Benny course. In the cake video where he hits, it's the person in the wheelchair. Um, the Squid Games crossover. Um, Joel Damon was was nice. Um, you know, I, it was still a weird environment just in general. But uh, I don't know. The first iteration of the match was really weird as well. And they developed that and learned a lot from the first one and improved it. So I know this was Netflix, like, trying to show they could do live sports. And I know they want to be players in live sports in some capacity into the future. So um that's why it had to be live but uh yeah it was pretty clear early on it's like ah, i don't think this really is going to be for me so i think there's something there with uh i think there's something there with golfers and like marshawn lynch or someone like golfers and non-golfers golfers and kind of like fish out of water is a very fun combo and that i think makes it very approachable for non-golfers and i think it makes it very interesting to golfers and then when you just make it like 900 percent more complicated than that is where i'm like yeah i'm i'm good here man but I'm, I'm with you again do another one man i don't care it doesn't you know don't cost me nothing uh have fun keep trying to keep trying to push things forward uh i think it's probably as much as i would hate to admit uh you know from a hashtag shrink the game perspective probably a good thing to have a live golf event on the front page of netflix right that, that seems great uh i think there's a lot of things to to learn and take away but yeah i'm i'm I don't know that I'll necessarily be following the, the crew on that journey. Yeah. And really on the race too, like Verstappen had a bunch of quotes. Granted, he did a total 180 today and was singing the praises of it after, you know, he won. after the, the race ended and everything. But like, you know, basically saying like, you know, what are we doing? Who's this for? We need to like, you know, kind of pay more attention to the track or pay more attention to our core fans and, 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 you know, the actual racing and not the spectacle around it. And I feel like there's, there's some lessons to be gleaned there in the golf world as well. Both PGA tour. I think there's lessons to be learned even from like F1, right? I don't know if we've talked about this all, all that much, like head on, but I, I, listeners of this podcast, well aware, well aware how deep all of us got into, to F1 a couple of years ago, based solely on the Netflix series. And like, oh my God, these guys are, when you package them up like this, they're so interesting. This is fascinating. I can't wait to see these rivalries. And then, you know, it, if the, I'm not saying the product on TV doesn't match that, right? Like F1 product is phenomenal on TV, but when you don't like, it's almost like growing the fan base in like a sustainable way. Right. And, and maybe nobody gives a shit about that. And I'm overthinking this and it's, you're just trying to juice the numbers and thereby juice the hospitality and juice the TV advertising and all of that stuff. But like, I still don't really know how F1 works from like a very te- like technical perspective. Like, I don't know all the strategy. I don't know all the tire changes. I don't know all of the like 
the really like X's and O's type stuff. And it was so easy for me to just fall away and be like, ah, never mind. I don't actually care. And that's, that was always my point with full swing too, was like, you can get all these people in with like cotton candy and, you know, get them in the front door, yeah. but like dip and dots. You got us God, if, there's, if you're not actually like into the actual product, you're just like tricking people into spending some time with this and maybe someone will stick around. And I'm guessing a lot. Of what about the next 10? <laughs> That's right. What about tricking these people into watching 18 minutes of commercials per hour versus right. F1 zero? But I think yeah. it, yeah. I, uh, but my, I, I guess to follow up on that, like I haven't watched an F1 race in like two years. Like I, it, it was, so, I still so watch it pretty regularly, yeah. but it's one of those things where it's like, you know, it's it's more digestible. Granted, yeah, like some of the format stuff, it's two it's a two hour investment versus four rounds and all this stuff. But I, I think there there's always just been this, like you said, trying to trick people into watching golf versus like, no, like why don't we focus on the golf and bring people along a little bit and force them to get up to speed? You know? I think it honestly F one the 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 regulation changes ended up having a reverse effect on me. I don't know why I liked, I liked yeah. the, the previous version of the cars racing, um, which goes against my argument of they need to change the equipment uh, in golf. But listen, we can, it's a separate conversation, but um, that is close to everything on the men's side. I know it was an extremely, oh, the match uh, is pushed back until Q1 2024. I was originally scheduled for yes. uh, December. Um, that has been delayed. Um, and that is going to be uh, Rory, Max, Rose, and who else? Remind me, Lexi, I believe. Lexi, Lexi. That's right. uh, finally getting some females involved in that. And on that note, the LPGA CME Tour Championship was this past weekend. Amy Yang wins the two million dollar prize. If you do not follow this closely, uh, if you qualify for the CME Tour Championship, uh, there's sixty players that do qualify. Total reset of all the points. It is a just straight up horse race. Uh, winner gets the prize, winner of the tournament. It has worked since they've been doing this. It has worked out really well for the LPGA Tour. There's been like the big guns, the ones that have had the best seasons have ended up winning. Nelly Korda and Jin Young Ko had a great duel a couple of years ago. Say Young Kim won it one year. Um, and this was not the surprise. It was a surprise name. She was 31st uh, on the year. Uh, not the a name you would stick out and say had the best season on the LPGA Tour, but that is this how this tournament works. And she shot 2700 to win and uh kind of went ran away with it there at the end yeah it's tough i think you know tiburon i don't think tiburon's the best setting for this or the best you know it seems like it's kind of a shootout not a whole lot of fans down there it's not a big area right naples it's kind of you know there's not a bunch of juice down there but yeah i don't know just two million dollars to the winner and then i think next year they're bumping it to four million which is wild which seems a little bit gimmicky to me like make it a little bit you know and i know we bitch about this with the tour championship but like if you're trying to make this great made for tv product and then the tv broadcast feels like you know a, a freaking funeral procession like there's no you know there's there's no juice to the tv product then like the two million dollars first prize doesn't really mean anything that's right? that's kind of where i'm at I, I it seemed like the lpj had so much like awesome momentum this year and it still seems like they're going to and yeah still do. it still seems like they're yeah. going to you know a great spot with the schedule and all the prize money they have committed for next year to the point where i was like very pumped to watch this you know today like okay a season ending event and you've got a big check on the line and you know i don't really care if you know lilia vu or whoever like gets passed in the last event and I, I think part of that's kind of what makes it fun and i think that was 
almost what I preferred at the tour championship too. I don't think everything has to necessarily like be super, you know, it doesn't have to be a math equation that like the, the good guy has to, has to win in the end every time it can be a surprise winner or whatever, but man, no, no offense to anyone. I know that, you know, anytime the LPJ is on TV, it's, it's usually a, you know, it, it's almost, it takes an effort from probably a smaller number of people to even get it up to, to begin with. But it's tough, man, when there's just not, like you said, not a lot of juice on the, on the telecast. It just really doesn't feel like a season ending event. It doesn't feel like it's the biggest prize and you just kind of end up switching back and forth and watching a little bit of sea Island and watching a little bit of this and looking at your phone and you just kind of end up like, it, man, it, where did the last NFL. two hours go? <laughs> you know, yeah, up against. Yeah. It's on against NFL. And, and I think the other thing that kind of miffs me about it and like, again, like we're nitpicking here, Props to CME and Terry Duffy and all those guys for like putting up a bunch yeah. of money for it. Like this is the biggest person in sports, but like it's uh it's it's crazy to me that like it, like the fifth place person makes under two hundred thousand dollars in this event. Yeah, when when the winner makes two million, like it's so top heavy. So Allison Lee and NASA tied for for second, and they got four hundred and forty five grand apiece. The winner got two million. That's just out of proportion. Yeah, and even that, man, it just doesn't. It's kind of the same thing we say about the the men's tour championship. Like it's, the money isn't really as what hooking me is what's hooking me to watch and hooking a lot of people to watch. I don't think you know it just it uh, it really didn't seem like it had much buzz, right? You can pretty much tell from buzz on social media whether or not it's it's generating much interest in it. Um, it has in the past. This event has in the past, but I think it's it kind of just comes down to how I. I mean, you guys have covered the LPJ in in great great detail this year, but. It just seems like it. Uh, there's just a kind of a bit of a parody problem on on the LPJ tour. There's just, I mean, Lily Vu had an amazing season. She and she finished fourth this week. Um, she was number one. Uh, she's number one player in the world, and she was number one on the list coming into this week. But and Celine Boudier won four times, but it just doesn't have like the. There's not the star power like clear names at the top. Some of the biggest names, the biggest like the, the names that carry the biggest clout had pretty bad seasons. Nelly's de dealt with some health issues, had equipment change this year and, and hasn't really carried the torch this year. And Lydia Ko has fallen backwards. Lexi's fallen backwards. And it's just a transition year for the LPGA tour, I think. And, uh, but, but parody, I don't think is it's nobody's fault, but it's not, it's not helping to like, generate a whole lot of buzz on the weekends. Unfortunately. I think on the, on the telecast side too, what I always come back to is like, why it seems like, you know, the, the hurdle on the men's side to doing anything fun or interesting is always the players. Right. And it's always like, nah, I'm not going to wear a mic. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do that. I'm not doing on course stuff. I'm not doing whatever. I just don't think you'd have the same amount of problems on the women's side. And so I don't ever get why the LPGA always like tries to feel like a soup, like not, it always feels like a diet version of like, the men's broadcasts, right? You, you try to, which is bad. Yeah. Which is already bad. And now you don't have the resources to even like get up to snuff and do the same thing that the bad telecast does. So man, I, why not try something different? Why not try something like wildly different? Why? Like again, mic yeah. people up or get just creative and do some totally different things. Where it, I think the other thing here too, is it just feels bolted on after the asia swing yeah yeah they you know they go to asia for four weeks and then they come back for the annika thing down at down at pelican and then and then this and tiburon is just i've played there a few times naples is great my wife's from there like it's you know it's it's a nice place i think it's a really boring golf course there's just not a whole lot going on out there we're gonna see it again in a few weeks 
for the uh, Grant Thornton, you know, co-ed event too. And it's just, you know, there's just a lot, there's just a lot of other options, I think, for that. Now, I think on the positive side for the LPGA, they came out with their new schedule for 2024. I think it's a huge step in the right direction. They're, they made a bunch of strides as far as purse sizes and, and at an event in Boston, the, the whole globe, you know, the whole crisscrossing the country is a lot better for 2024. Like they've, they've slotted the match play out of shadow Creek into April Chevron's not going against Anwa anymore. Um, you know, they've got, they've got some great venues for the women's majors with St. Andrews and Lancaster and, uh, you know, um, gosh, where's the Sahali for the KPMG. Um, you know, so I, I think there's, there's some super positive momentum there that, and, and again, they're playing for, I think it's like, it's a wildly larger, I think it's like 70 million versus 110 or 120 million total per size for the season, just from 2021, 118 to million next year. So, yeah. Yeah. Like that's a, that's a massive, massive increase in three years. Yeah. It seems like so. within the circle of the LPGA tour, things are great, right? Like, I mean, again, for CME tour championship, the sponsors putting up the money players love it and you know that that's a success right in in terms of what the commissioner's goal is to get the players paid um i just i personally of course we all would like to see the fans get rewarded with some some buzz right or you know it, for, it's not going to happen up against football that's just like the elephant in the room right and that's it's it's just the yeah. difficulty of running golf tournaments all year long as the year ends when football season's already going on so which is where I, I guess the only counter to that would be like you, you probably have maybe it's a losing battle and that's why they don't even try. But I think like if you're not going to draw in casual fans because they're probably watching football, like then just really cater to the golf fans, like throw some like, go to a great golf course, the golf fans and make it like yeah. can't miss for the people who are not into football and just love watching golf. Also, I mean. Again, NBC not on the cutting edge of innovation on this. You don't need to be innovating here, but uh, YouTube TV is great features, multi-view features uh, across networks where you can you can watch. I mean, I think last night I was watching eight. You could do four college football games at once. One of them was on FS1. One was ESPN. One was ABC. Like, hey, I wanted to watch both golf tournaments today. Give me an option yeah. to multi-view both of them. Like, this is I don't have to. I shouldn't have to ask for that. This is already in existence on other networks. How can you not get both your golf events? up on the screen at the same time um it's it's but solly we will give that to you but but we're going to cover the screen 80 percent that's the the amazing thing about it is there's these big black bars on the bottom and the top run as many ads as you want you don't need to do playing through anymore like you can run so many ads can i tell you you can make the entire thing can i tell you guys i went to watch a movie on peacock the other night (laughs) which i am accidentally a paying subscriber to peacock because i get fucking tricked into doing it every time they have a major or whatever i have i always have to re-sign <laughs> up and then they i put that last hour it. on there you're the one yeah, that goes and pays for it i have my like credit card notification set up and i get dinged like you know once a month like oh your peacock payment went through like, ah, fuck. yeah i went to go watch a movie on peacock and there were th- as a paying peacock member there were three minutes of unskippable ads before i could even <laughs> watch the movie nice company man nice company that's amazing well on that note we know we got to get tc over to uh it's a uh, football night in america i know he, uh, oh, he's been waiting uh, all day he's, he's, the clapper <laughs> which we didn't even mention the clapper and jack you know who who knows if nbc will try to get uh jason garrett jack collinsworth coach dungy some of those guys 
involved in some of their golf broadcasts. It seems like they're big into that cross collaboration. Um, last note I had: John Smoltz has advanced to the uh, Champions Tour final stage. That would be that'd be. I hope he gets a card. That'd be fantastic. Like that would be like, like a weekly, I'd be, almost like following a weekly sponsors exemption of how he would stack up on a season long on the Champions Tour would be fascinating. That's um, that's so impressive. Really there's so is. Many good, there's so many good golfers in the world. Man. I feel like he played like, he, like he's done it before, right? But he's playing wildly better than he than he has in previous years when he's tried to do this. Yeah. So, all right, that is a wrap. Extra long uh, fall. I'm not going to apologize for this one. A lot happened this week. A lot, a lot needed to be. A lot needed to be discussed. We did not have our one hour uh, fall podcast rule in effect this week. Um, may serve as a double. Yeah. There's nothing going on next weekend, so uh, may serve as a double episode for all we know. But. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. TC, thank you for battling through your flu game. Or as uh, what uh, what was the, the LSU uh, women's coach? What's her name? Uh, Kim. Kim Mul- it might Kim be Kim COVID, Mul- but I'm not testing. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if you had any of that. No, it's just a it's just a, a little little throat or sinus infection. So, thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Hope everyone has a great holiday week. We'll see you back here soon. Crack on. Cheers. <laughs> Be the right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. Expect anything.